BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome in, everybody. Happy, happy Tuesday, one and all. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let me shout out Fitness Rebel, Rome, Brandon, Kason, James, Mood Swing Bella, Rich, Father Sean, Anthony, Mr. Taz, and anybody I missed, Swing Bowl, anybody I missed, I apologize. And Christopher, what's up? Hey, D-Gun, how are you, my friend? Good, man. Um, first of all, let me address Fitness Rebel. Fitness Rebel is always checking up on me. Fitness Rebel, first of all, I'm proud of you. You're on time today. Secondly, uh, Rob asked me in the show meeting, so I'll update you the foot ankle. Compared to Saturday, like 100% better, but still, if I step a certain way, it's a reminder on either side of the ankle, whoop, not quite there yet, and like a right. anal shoot. But then, you know how sometimes you get, when you injure something, you get a, and it feels good, and you, and you re-injure it, and then it hurts extensively again for a while? This is just the type of pain where it hits you, but it's not a lingering pain. It's just, hey, hey, we're not, we're not like 100% yet. Not 100%. Okay. You're getting there. I'm getting there. You can't, you can't keep old yelling down forever. 
<laughs> Let's hope it doesn't go that route uh, with you. I don't know. My wife has let me a number of times and put me out of my misery. Yeah, we don't want to take you out back yet. Uh, all right, so, so a couple things. We do have some news here. Uh, Jeff McClain reporting that the Eagles are releasing Britton Covey, yep. uh, wide receiver, punt returner. Uh, he could return to the 53-man, according to Jeff, and at least to the practice squad. Sources also confirm Mike Garofalo had it first of the NFL Network that Devin Allen and Greg Ward also released. So Covey, Allen, Ward, all at least right now on the move, D-Gun. And all three could end up on the practice squad, uh, especially Greg Ward. Uh, and as I said yesterday, the, the fact that they keep bringing him back he does have a value for this team. He's like an insurance policy for this team. Right. Um, in a lot of ways. But you can't keep trying to hide this young man on the practice squad. Now, he's not going to be anybody's top receiver and probably never going to be anybody's number two receiver. But he is a sure-handed, reliable, overall receiver. And I mean in terms of blocking, um, being smart in terms of re re reading defenses, where to find a hole. Um, in, in a soft spot in the defense to set down in the defense to make the catch, doesn't drop balls. He has all the attributes you need. You know, let's face it, every team needs that type of receiver. You know, the, the glory guys that are burners, the Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson's, Tyreek Hills, but every team also has also is looking for that number three, number four type receiver as, as a safety valve. And that's what Greg Ward is, you know. And there's a reason why the Eagles keep trying to bring him back and they're also trying to make sure they somehow, some way protect him. But Eagles are also smart enough to know once they put him on the practice squad, he's subject to be picked off. Surprisingly, hasn't been wasn't picked off last year. But you keep, you know what I'm saying? You put, keep pushing that envelope a little bit too much. Sometimes the envelope ends up empty. Yeah. I what's interesting to me is particularly, well, I mean, actually Ward could return punts too, but this tells me they have they feel good about at least somebody who's there or there's a move coming for somebody who can return putts. I mean, they, they either feel good about Alamade Zacchaeus doing it. Um, you know, I would assume kick returns belong to, to Boston Scott at this point. I know Devin Allen had a good kick return against the, uh, the Colts in the last preseason game. Um, yeah. But it tells me at least they feel like somebody's on the roster right now ready to roll. You know, and I and I know it's it, it's hard to to get a true gauge because it was preseason. Because you know, whoever's going to play special teams is not formulated yet. You got to try a lot of different things. Yeah. But as of what we saw, there's nobody that really jumps out at me in terms of being a return guy. You know, um, on punt returns, I think I think the best option on kickoff return is Boston Scott. You yeah. know. I definitely don't think it's going to be Trey Sermon, uh, you know, on the kickoff returns. I saw well, enough. That would assume he makes the team. Uh, exactly. But in terms of the punt return guy, I really haven't seen it yet. And you're right. They either probably have in mind who they want already on the roster or they're looking to see who falls off on another team uh, by 430 today. Yeah. Um, uh, Marcus, Craig, you say you think Eli Ricks makes the roster. I think he has a very good shot of making that roster. Yes. Yeah. Look, I, I think he does too. And, Look, here's what we're, over the course of the next three hours, um, we will be continually updating you on every little morsel, every little piece of information that we get here, uh, and, and you know, in terms of the Eagles roster spot. So four o'clock, Derek, is when it all has to go down. So you know, we're we're three hours and fifty one minutes. There you go. You're welcome. According to National Time, fifty two minutes. 
by the way, uh, we are uh, 12 days and, and oh, which equates to um, 292 hours until the Eagles play the Patriots. So there you go. You know, for a man who never sleeps, who has like 85 different jobs, you have too much time in your hands. No, I enjoy because I know what a kick you get in. I do it for you, Derek Gunn. That's why I do. No, no, you don't. You do it because you enjoy. It's like me. It's like me when it comes to numbers. I tell you this all the time. When it comes to numbers and stats, I love the challenge of recalling numbers and stats. I can do that. Yeah, I am horrendous when it comes to names, and I uh-huh. mean people I've known for ten years, people I've worked with for twenty years. I am terrible. My wife, when it comes to numbers. She'll ask me, what did you, what did, what did I tell you I make every two weeks? That's, she, she has no clue when it comes to numbers. Yeah. When it, when it comes to names, Rob, this woman can meet somebody one time and remember their name 10 years from now. I, that's, a, that's a gift. I can't do that for some reason. I don't know why. All right. Uh, look, I'm with you. It, it's weird. Like, we all have – we always talk about the, the, the one side of the brain that's creative and the other side of the brain that's, you know, practical and whatever. But I'm with you. Like – for whatever reason, there are certain things that just stick and others, man, where uh, you got to tell me 15 times, like what, where, what are we doing again? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. just the way it is, man. It's uh, it's everybody's, everybody's built differently, man. That's, that's all it is. But yeah. Oh, John Dickerson, you got jokes today. You coming out of the gate fast today. Okay. Okay. All, all right. right. John's, John's yeah. feeling it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. This has been released. Yeah. There you go. I, I see. By the uh, way. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, a couple other, not, not, I haven't seen any really big names right now. The the one interesting thing, Derek, and we'll get more into this in our, in our football segment is, but, uh, the bills have put Von Miller on the pup list, which means yep. he will miss at least the first four games. That's, yep. Yep. that's significant. Just NFL wise. That's significant. It is. But you know what? Um, when you look at a player, of the caliber of a Von Miller, um, you want him there for the long haul. Look how different the Bills attack up front was by his deletion last year. That really hurt their, their, their pass rush game last year. Yep. In the first four games, this team is talented enough to survive without Vaughn Miller. It may not look the same. It may not be as, as, as pressure packed as the same without him, but they have enough talent elsewhere um, to survive. And I'm, 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 I'm just pulling it up real quick to see who Buffalo's first four games are here. Um, one of them is the Jets. I know at least one. Okay. So so their first four games are Jets, Raiders, Washington, Miami. They can survive those four games. Now, they may end up two and two after those four games. They could be three and one. But they have enough talent to get through those. But if you got Vaughn Miller coming back by the Jacksonville game, because after the Miami game, they have Jacksonville, Giants, Patriots, Tampa, Cincinnati, Denver, Jets, Eagles, Kansas City, Dallas, Chargers. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're playing it smart. Look, if he he even said in the beginning, he said weeks ago, I, I I'm not right, I'm not rushing it. I, I I'm look, he's an older player now. You have to play this smart. I agree with him. I, yeah. I really do. Yes, I yeah. do. and you have to. When you're coming off an injury like that, you don't, especially a player in his age. And that's not that's not a knock at him. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, you, you get older in life, it takes a little bit longer for things to heal. No doubt. And, and Vaughn Miller wants to be out there as much as anybody, but I'm sure he's smart enough to say, hey, look, guys, I don't ha- quite have the burst that I want to have yet. So I don't blame him one bit. No. Better to have it happen the first four games than the last four games. Totally. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, Adam Kaplan 
uh, our buddy Adam, who we've had on the show, who, who does an excellent job with our, our friend Jeff Mosher, uh, NFL insider. Uh, he's he, it's, it, he's really, really good inside the birds with uh, with Jeff Mosher. He's reporting yep. that the Eagles are going to waive cornerback Josiah Scott. That's wow. a guy. Yeah, that was a that was a firmly on the bubble kind of guy, Gunner Josiah Scott. So that's wow. that's another one. Yeah. Um, well, that tells me the young guy Eli Ricks is in position. That's good news for Eli Ricks. Yeah. Yep. That yep. tells me. And let's face it. You know, we, we we talked about it. We we said Josiah Scott needed to show a lot, and I thought he was inconsistent. Consistent. I yep. thought he had some good moments, but he hasn't elevated that consistency yet. So. If the Eagle now he's a, he's another guy they could bring back to the practice squad. You know what is today? As we know, when it comes to cuts, what is today doesn't necessarily mean is tomorrow. You know, and with the with the practice squad expanded from ten to sixteen, it gives teams a lot more wiggle room to try to hold on to certain players who are not quite there yet, but already know the system and they feel good enough about if somebody goes down early on, we can just plug these guys in right now. Might not get the same results. But we know that they're good enough to keep that we can plug and play. All right. I'm going to throw a name out there. Yep. Okay. Just keep this name in mind. You may not know it when I say it, and I don't blame you. All right. Drew Chrisman. You say to yourself, who's Drew Chrisman? Well, he's the Bengals punter. Yeah. He got cut. Their sixth round pick, Brad Robbins, won the job. Maybe. Maybe, Gunner. He comes in here and wins the job. I know I'm begging at this point, but I'm just saying, throwing here's, it out there. Here's how I will respond to you, Mr. Ellis, because you unmercifully accuse me of antagonizing you when I mention a certain name, whether you set me up to mention this person's name or I mention it just because I know how it gets right under your skin, right under that first layer of your skin. Yes. I have no response to, to, to Drew Christmas. You know, okay. all I will say is this. Uh-huh. We will see. All right. All right. That's all I'm going to say. Don't say. It's out there. It's possible. That's all. Just keep, you know, fingers crossed, people. We're getting there. All right. Anyway. So any, yeah, any names of no, like Jesse James got cut uh, by the Saints. I don't know how much gas Jesse James has left in the tank. Wide receiver out of Penn State, if you remember. Has had a nice NFL career, Steelers, Bears, you know, other places. Uh, So just keep in mind, that's a name that's out there, but. There, this is going to start coming in fast and furious. I mean, make no mistake about it. We're, we're going to start hearing not only Eagles moves, but also, you know, other other teams around the uh, around the league as well. And uh, you know, we see anything, we will pass it along, uh, name wise. So that's kind of where we're at uh, with that. Darren Hall, who was a cornerback for the Falcons, yeah. uh, fourth rounder out of San Diego State, started ten games in the last two seasons. He was just cut. You know, I mean, you got to get down. You, you're going from it's a big number. You're going from 90 to 53. There's going to be some names out there for sure. And this is this is also where teams, you know, the the, the good, the really smart ones make some moves here, Derek. Um, it's interesting to, to just think about it this time until we visualize it. What exactly is Howie, Nick Sirianni, um, Sean Desai looking for to complement what they already have in house? You know, we, we've sat and we've speculated. Um, we know who the obvious players are. Even the back, a lot of the backup players, we know who the obvious players will be for this team. But there's certain – we've always analyzed over the weeks. How strong, how weak are they at safety? How strong, how weak are they at linebacker? How, sa- how satisfied are they 
with the offensive line rotation. Well, think about it. They cut several offensive linemen. Yeah, I know. They could be looking for some off, some, some offensive linemen somewhere else. So it's well. That's you know. the point. Um, point. I do believe the running back situation is as as it stands right now. In other words, it, it, the, it, the front four. Okay, so four. Swift, yeah. Penny, Gainwell, Scott, you think it'll just be those four? So Sermon on the outside looking in? Yeah, and, and um, uh-oh. What do we got? I can't – you, your boy uh, – wait. Something I, I, coming down at wait, some wait, point? Wait, wait. <laughs> I love this. I love it in show when Gunner's getting information from his sources, when he's not sure what he can, what he can say and what he can't say. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay. Do you need? Do you need a little? I'll give you a minute. I'll buy you a minute here. Oh, while we you, we while continue. You, we, I'm just trying to get a yay or a nay on this. All right. All right. I'll give you a second in between. All right. Well, before you get your your yay or nay. So another interesting thing to keep your eye on here, not for this year, but the, for the following year. Uh, Isaiah Rogers. Now we talked about Isaiah yeah. Rogers yeah. on the show when he was suspended for betting on NFL games. You remember he was with the Colts. He was the defensive back with the Colts. Right. Colts, when they got wind of this, when he got suspended, got re- they released him immediately. The Eagles have signed him. So here's where this is interesting on a couple of levels, Derek. He definitely can't play this year. He's still indefinite. It's not even a given. He can play next year, right? Um, but they signed him. Now, here's why it's interesting. He's an outside cornerback. He's not a slot guy. He's worked almost exclusively on the outside. He is also a kick returner. He has returned a kick for a touchdown in the NFL. So if if he has the suspension lift and can play in 24, you're not just doing this for the heck of it. You will, you will own his rights. And if maybe the, the Eagles are looking to move on from Slay or there's something else happening, he could be an Eagle. It's a little Howie playing chess right, when everybody else plays checkers kind of move. We'll see. may turn out to be nothing, and it may not cost the Eagles anything. But right. just it's it's a name to plant there for you for for a little while. We got where where are we here? You got still waiting to hear back? No, I'm I'm, I'm debating. I'm I'm going back and forth. All right, so, all right, all right, all right. I don't want to get you jammed up with your sources. So no, 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 no. We're uh, uh, we're, we're we're good. We're good. But okay. uh, all right. Let's go. Let's as we as we continue. All right, so Broncos are trading for, for Saints kicker Will Lutz. Uh, it's just for I'm just trying to give you whatever's popping okay. here, whatever's happening here. But that's interesting. All right, here we, we got go. something. All right, this this my guys, my guys, man. I'll tell you what, they're gonna put me in an early grade. All right, yeah, yes. Are you ready? I'm, yes, we're all. We're, look, you get people. Ang- Tina's angry at you. You need to spill it. She says, "I agree with you." Well, you know how this works. I have to wait. I for know. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. I know. All right. Um, your boy Sipos is being cut. Ooh. Okay, Derek Gunn. Break, is up. Derek Gunn. Breaking news. Aaron Sipos will be released, according to Derek Gunn. Okay, D-Gun, making some news right here. 
not only am I happy that you're making news on our show, I'm also happy that we will be seeing somebody else now. Um, that's why I had to. That's why I had to hold it. That's why I had to hold it. So thank you. I have. I now have a renewed pep in my step today. Uh, yes, uh, I am not upset by this news. Yes, uh, I felt it. Move on that news. Yes, I am excited. I am excited. Woohoo! Yay! All right, uh, I am happy, John. You are correct. All right, uh, good work out of you, Gunner. Yeah, you know, digging around here with your sources. And, and yes. See some of the, see some of the others that were cut before. I was told, hold on just a moment. And by the time I was hold, told, hold on, Gerald Fola breaks one. Uh, Jeff McClain breaks one. So it's like, I got to play this waiting game. Wait a minute. We are figuring it out now. First he's gone. Now we're figuring it out. All right. We're, so, we're working out some. We right. are working out. Some. So other teams are cutting punters, which means the Eagles are going to bring some punters in to work out. But as of right now, it looks like your guys like whoop. okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So, so that's most that's, uh, the, according, that's the best I can tell you right now. As of right I now. I got you. I got you. According to your sources, you're hearing that he that it is supposed is uh is going to be gone in, in the near future. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You're waiting for what punters getting cut are getting cut. Like that's that's what you're doing. And, and somebody gets released from somebody else and you grab them up. And I, it could be the Drew Crispin guy. Who we just talked about yeah, exactly. from Cincinnati. I'm just I'm this is me purely speculating. I'm just saying it could be something like that. That's all. So uh yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Good work out of you, Gunner. I, well, give me your, I yeah. wanted to hold as long as I could because um I don't want to I don't want to make your day a joyous day and then all of a sudden pull the rug from under you. See, and that's the game we play in the media. You know, we all have different sources we go to. Yeah, and some sources, uh, some some people get clearance from others quicker than you. It goes back and forth. Sometimes you get quicker clearance to say something, and sometimes other people get clearance quicker to say something. So we all have we a lot of us nationally, locally have in house people that we talk to. Sure, you know, Um, (laughs) Mr. Taz. Let me tell you something, man, Mr. Taz. I know you're joking, but if you bought a Sippos Kelly, that's on you. That's a you problem. Dude, you're gonna if you're gonna waste that kind of money, Mr. Taz, yeah, then just donate it to the Help D Gun Move to California Foundation. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Yeah. If you're just gonna give away money, give it, give it to me. Yes. Get, just give 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 D Gun the money. Help relocate to Southern California Foundation. Oh my god. We gosh. will be much appreciated. All right, here's what we know so far. I can't get uh, Rob to donate. Rob's supposed to be a good friend of mine. He's never donated to my check, call. Checks in the mail, man. You, you know. Yeah, okay. Britton Covey, Devin Allen, Greg Ward, Julian Good Jones, who's an offensive lineman, Josiah Scott, Brady Russell, who was a tight end, yep. and Gunners hearing Sippo. So that's what that's what we have thus far. And again, there's gonna be a lot more. You're talking about 90 to 53. You know, and, and again, yeah. it's we knew a bunch. Like we here's what we already know too. Just let me let me recap what we already know as well. Uh, Cameron Tom, offensive lineman, Dennis Kelly, offensive lineman, Brett Toth, Josh Andrews, Tyrese Robinson, Roderick Johnson to the IR. That's just offensive line. Deion Kane, Johnny King, Jadon Hazelwood, Freddie Swain, their wide receivers, tight ends, Dan Arnold, Tyree Jackson, quarterback Ian Book, running back Kennedy Brooks, D tackle, Marvin Wilson, Caleb Sanders, Olivier Zagapalu, Robert Cooper, linebacker Quentin Bell, Tyreek Maddox Williams. That's what we know so far, Derek. That's who we know. 
Now, 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 just keep in mind, Covey, Ward, Allen could be returning to the practice squad. Yeah, those reportedly they sure. want all those guys back, right? Yeah, for sure. Right. And those are good insurance policies to have. Yeah. But and, trying to keep And, and Covey up. started the year on the practice squad last year before they brought yes, him he up. Did. Yeah. Yes, he did. So those those are good safety valves to have to plug and play. Um, other cuts, they still have a few more. I'm told they still have two or three more cuts to make. Okay. There won't be anything of any significance, but cuts are coming. Okay. Um, in that regard. So, like I told you yesterday, don't expect any wild factor cuts from this team. Everything they've done up this point has been quite obvious. The only one that maybe caught us off guard is Josiah Scott. Maybe. Yeah. But that's, he hasn't really hasn't really done much to stand out. So. And he's another one. He could be another one back on the practice squad. So that's four, at least, that could be back on this practice squad. Without a doubt. And that's the other part of it, too, Derek, is um, then you start reading between the lines. Like if Joe Scott, Josiah Scott is out, that means Eli Ricks is in. You know, that that's the that's what you try to do here also is just look ahead a little bit and and try and, and you know, delve into this thing. Um, that's for sure. So uh, Schefter saying after signing two weeks ago, running back uh, Dalvin Cook is practicing today for the first time this summer. Yep. Recently became a first-time father, was spending time with his son. He's now ready to gear up for the Monday night opener versus the Bills against his younger brother, James. So he is at practice, Dalvin Cook is. Right well, you now. know, the funny thing was I watched the uh, you know Hard Knocks episode from last Tuesday. I just watched it last night when and you see Dalvin Cook flying in on a private jet and all this stuff. And he was just there for one day to watch practice and to meet people. And uh, he w- you see him on the sideline talking to Aaron Rodgers. And he's talking about how he said, I'm just here for the day. I got to go home because right. they're inducing labor pretty soon for his wife. So now that the baby's here, now he can focus on getting back to playing football. You know, for him. Um, yeah. But, man, when you look at that Jets roster, Rob, Rob, I'm looking up and down that roster on both sides of the football. There is no excuse for this team if if all things being equal, if that team stays healthy, yeah, there is no excuse. As tough as this schedule is, as tough as their division is, there is no excuse for that team not making the playoffs. Now, again, everything's predicated on health. Yeah, I've seen stack rosters, Rob, in my tenure and covering this game. That you, if you were a betting man, you would bet a yearly salary that this team is going to make the playoffs, and they bottomed out. It just didn't mesh. But this team is stacked on both sides of the ball, man. When you look at who they've added just this offseason, from Aaron Rodgers to Dalvin Cook, are you kidding me? Uh, listen, I, and Derek, they, they were very good defensively last year. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, you're adding, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, whatever else to that Adrian Amos. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the only the, – the, look, the impediment they have is they're in a very tough division. But that doesn't matter. You know, you if you're as talented as you think you are, and Dalvin Cook says, you know, Super Bowl uh, talk is realistic here, then let's go. Show it. Man, you know, you know future what? Future Hall of Fame quarterback who's got something to prove, add it to a mix of a very talented team. Yeah, Jets are in line to be real good, man. And, and really if you are. really think about it now, they paid, they paid Adrian Amos decent money to come in to be one of the safeties. And Adrian is one of the best safeties in the game. Sure, tackling safety, very smart. But they're not getting Dalvin Cook for a whole lot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gave back thirty-five million. So yeah. unlike so unlike the Rams, who were all in on one year, this is a Jets. This is a Jets team. If you look at the overall nucleus that could, could uh, sustain itself for at least the next couple of years, Rodgers is committed to playing at least two more, 
And depending on how it goes, he may play more than that. Yeah. You know, the yeah. only question mark with this Jets team right now is what does the offensive line look like? Now, Makai Becton has been penciled in as a right as the starting right tackle. He's a good one. Um, but and then Brees Hall was on his way to a thousand yard season. So the, the offensive line can't be much worse than it was last year. Yeah. That, that Quentin Williams, that D tackle they have. Dickie, you can't stop this dude. You he's can't stuck. stop him. Yep. You know, he's like, he's like, there's Aaron Donald, then there's him. You know, and to be honest with you, um, and everything else around them, Rob, is built to win now, but not just for this season, but for the next couple of seasons. Yeah. Joe Douglas has done a very good job of smartly putting together a team mm-hmm. that is not a one-hit wonder type roster. Yeah. Yep. You know, I give him a lot of credit. Well, he, he learned from both Ozzie Newsome and then Howie Roseman. So he's, he's been around some some pretty good, you know, roster builders. Uh, that much is for sure. All right, l- let's step aside. We'll continue to update you on everything. We'll get into the Phillies later. They won their fourth straight last night. We have Scott Lauber joining us. Paul Dobowich is going to be joining us as well. Looking forward to hanging out with Damo. He's going to be joining us at 2 o'clock. Uh, so when we come back, Derek, we'll continue to update everybody on any kind of cuts that come down, anything we're hearing. And also, we'll look uh, look ahead a little bit to the Patriots. Who are All right, so, so just to clarify, Sippos is out. He's there out. You, you broke it, man. Derek Gunn broke it. Yep. Yep. Good. Um, all right. And well, a little AJ Brown, interesting uh, words that he had to say yesterday regarding Devontae Smith. We'll get into all those kind of things when we come back. So don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, we're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're talking right now about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is the best. I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family owned since 1985. I'm in there each and every week with Alex and the crew. And just I, I, what I love is the variety, right? Variety of pizza. Let's start there. 20 different styles of pizza, but also they have the you name it, they'll make it. Specialized pizza your way. They have slices to go if you're not up for a full pie here. But it's not just pizza. It's fresh pasta. It's sandwiches. It's wraps. It's wings. It's salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also fully committed to the community. Uh, They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown. And you can also check out their daily specials and promotions as well. Uh, They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. You can give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 Heading down the shore. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. back everybody appreciate you hanging out with us we're sports take jacob sports youtube network rob ellis Derek gunn if you missed our first segment Derek gunn broke this he was the first to have it that the eagles will be releasing aaron sippos their punter so there will be a new punter in line uh for the wait, wait, uh, say it again i want to see the look on your face say it again <laughs> there will be a new punter for the eagles this season yes yes I, I, I willed this thing to happen, Derek Gunn. Uh, even though you broke it, I'm taking the credit for this one because I willed it to happen. Yes, hey, you know, not to get into existence, not yeah. to steer, not to steer off course. But guess what I did last night? So you know how we had, we we talked about we talked about last week about different cereals and stuff, right? Right. And we and, and we talked about earlier this year how there's like 20 different Cheerios that we didn't know of until. Right. So I couldn't get that out of my mind. So okay. I'm in a grocery store over the weekend, and I passed an aisle. And what did I see? Oh, jeez. Peanut butter Captain Crunch. Peanut butter Captain Crunch. Peanut, peanut butter Captain Crunch. That you never sounds tempting. Butter? Dude, I bought the family-sized box. I had a bowl. I had a bowl last night big enough. You remember the old Beverly Hillbillies? Yes. Remember how Jethro Bodine would eat the cereal out of big? I had a bowl about this wide, dude, full of Captain Crunch. My wife walks by. What? <laughs> How is it? Dude, I hadn't had peanut butter Captain Crunch in like 30 years. I had tears coming down my eye. I was so happy. <laughs> I might have to dip into that. I, I'm a sucker for, for anything peanut butter like that. So I dude, might. Uh... You've never had peanut butter Captain Crunch? No. Dude, it's, it's been out there for decades. Where are you? Do you live under a rock? I'm so I'm, I'm too loyal to my, you know, plain Cheerios here, D-Gun. Yes. Okay. What? All right, I'm on it. Dude, let me tell you something. You cannot eat peanut butter Captain Crunch dry. You cannot. You have to have milk. 
And it's the type of cereal it doesn't it doesn't get soggy when you leave it in a bowl. Right, right. So that way, that's huge. That's a big. That's big. Yeah, because you know how you and I we eat, we're watching something, you put it down, you go do something else, you come back, and it's still. Oh man, that crunch was so good, Rob. I was almost emotional last night, and and I had it about midnight. That's the thing. Everybody's gone. No, everybody's asleep or busy doing something around the house. I'm sitting down on the couch in the family room. And the dogs are looking at me like Scooby Doo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! Hey, uh, another another move here. Corey Clement, uh, former Eagles on the Super Bowl team, as you remember, big contributor uh, to that Super Bowl team. He is being released by the Cardinals, Um, so he is not subject to waivers. He becomes a free agent. You've been around long enough. You you just become a free agent if if you have it. I think it's four years of service. If you don't have that, then you're subject to the waiver wire, which means worst team gets first shot at you is, is the way that works. Right. So, you know, Corey Clement, you know what, man, he's one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite former Eagles and he wasn't here that much. And here's why. First of all, he had a great career at the university of Wisconsin. Um, since his rookie year, I got to know his dad and his great <laughs> when I got to know Corey, somehow Corey gives his dad my number. My, his dad will text me periodically, especially when his son was with the team. What do you think about my son's chances? How do you think the team is going to do? Yada, yada, so forth. So so one day the dad goes, hey, can I call you my grandfather once? Um, no, the dad's dad, Corey's dad calls me and says, hey, my dad is a big fan of yours. He wants to talk to you. Right? Oh my God. So I said, you know what? No problem. So he calls me and granddad gets on the phone and dude, it was, it was, they're the most pleasant people you ever wanted to meet from, from Corey to the dad, to the grandfather, right. very respectful, well-mannered people. Um, and I'm sitting there talking to these guys, like I've known them for 20 years, you know, and Corey, Corey's the same way, you know, and yeah. I feel bad for him in a lot of ways because he, he wanted to play for the Eagles long, long term for so yeah, South so Jersey long. kid. Yeah. yeah. But I'm go- and then he went to Dallas. Let's see. Didn't he go to the Giants? He went. He played for three teams in the NFC. He East. did like a Brian Mitchell, where he 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 bounced to to the you know, the and NFC Dallas. East teams. Yeah, and then Dallas. Yeah, and then Arizona. And so I hope he finds a place that can utilize his skills because Me too. I think he's a good backup running back. I really yeah. do. Yeah, you know? and, and look, he he bucked the odds. He was undrafted. You know, just making the Eagles was a big deal. So you know, I hear. Yeah. You. I hope. I'd like to see him you know, further his career as well. Hey, and uh, let me give you one other name to keep in mind here uh, as a punt returner, not, not punter returner. Trent Taylor was released by the Bengals. Uh, he had five punts of 20 plus yards returned last year. He averaged 14 and a half for the season. He's a decent little punt returner. So uh, he's a guy that I would, I'd have some interest in if I were the Eagles. Okay. Trent okay. Taylor, keep that name in mind. Okay. All right. So I'm just, just throwing it out there. Again, you know, we're, we're just kind of – we're going off what we're hearing here, what we're seeing, Gunner's working the phones, the whole nine, uh, and what we – you know, what we hear from who's making it and who hasn't. But uh, apparently the Patriots uh, are getting trade calls on Kendrick Bourne, uh, but they've told teams he's not available for whatever that's worth. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So speaking of that, I, and I bring it up for a reason – Let's look at the Patriots for a second here, Derek. Um, obviously, the Eagles play them week one at New England. It's a big deal because they're retiring Brady's number. It's you know he's going back there. There's going to be emotions for sure. But I looked at I looked at them last year. Uh, a couple things to keep in mind. Defensively, this is a good team. Um, they were eighth in points allowed. Yep. 
They were sixth against the run. The pass, they weren't great, kind of middling. They were 14th against the pass. But they had the fourth most sacks in the NFL last year, too. Matthew Judon is an absolute beast, okay, in terms of getting after the quarterback. So defensively good. Offensively, is here. here's the fall off, right? 17th in points, 24th in rushing, 21st in the passing game. So on the offseason, they go out. They bring Bill O'Brien back. He was in uh, he was in Alabama the last few years with Saban. He comes back as the offensive coordinator. That's where he was before he left to take over the Penn State job. So he comes back. They add Juju Smith-Schuster. They add Ezekiel Elliott. They do a couple of things to bolster that side of the uh, of the ball. And they, they were a good, they were a good running team last year. They did run the ball well, and now yeah. you're adding Ezekiel Elliott to that. Yeah, who who should be good in short yardage. He's also good in pass protection as well. Um, Draft-wise, they add defense. Christian Gonzalez, kid out of Oregon. Keon White, uh, defensive end. Uh, Marte uh, Maypu, who's a linebacker as well. well. That was their first three picks. They actually used a pick on a kicker and a punter in their draft. <laughs> Why? Only that, Belichick could pull that off. That's the Patriots way, dude. Yeah, yeah they, only they, he they, can they, do that. So you know, they, the big thing is, can they score here, Gunner? Can they score and keep up? Here's the thing. Out of all the names that you mentioned that they've brought in, veterans and young players alike, I think the biggest addition to that entire organization is bringing in Bill O'Brien to work with Mac Jones. I think that is huge. And you look at the mess they had. Who who was the offensive coordinator? Like, was it Matt Patricia? Was he the offensive and Joe coordinator? Joe Judge. They did this sort of combo thing. Yeah, yeah. That, and that and that just screwed Mac Jones up. You know. Now they're bringing in somebody who settles them down, who understands quarterbacks, who understands how to utilize his talents. I think Mac Jones is a better version of Daniel Jones mm. in terms of pack, passing accuracy, um, athleticism. And, and Daniel Jones is a good athlete. He's not a great quarterback. Yeah, he can run. He, he can run. You know, yeah. we, we saw – we saw that against the Eagles a few years ago when the turf monster tripped him up from a short touchdown run. But I think Mac Jones is a better overall quarterback than Daniel. Yeah. And if Bill O'Brien gets him right, and what did we what did we just talk about recently? All the everything coming out of Patriots camp is that Mac Jones looks a whole lot better than he did a season ago. Mm-hmm. If that if that is true, that's de- directly responsible to what Bill O'Brien has been doing with him since March, April, May. OTAs, training camp, so on and so forth. Yeah. And if that's the case, that makes him that much more dangerous. If he's anything close to what he was his rookie season, when a lot of people were talking about him because he was real poised for a rookie. Was. That's going to make that team that much more dangerous. Now, how many points will they score a game? I don't know. But I'm looking at the collection of receivers, Rob. Devontae Parker has not been the same receiver since he left Miami. I agree. Juju Smith-Schuster is not a world beater, but he's a smart possession receiver with speed. He can get open. So I want to see what their passing game is going to look like. Is it going to be a, a short, quick strike passing game? Are they going to try to stretch defenses? Are they going to dink and dunk their way down the field? You know, we always make fun of quarterbacks who dink and dunk down the field. You know, Drew Brees was a master at dinking and dunking down the field, and Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Look at Brady the last, you know, five, six years of his career. He had no problem doing that. Yeah. They dink and dunk their way down the field, one, two, three, throw, and then they set you up for that one deep shot. When it's when when you catch the corners and the safety starting to cheap up, cheat up, that's mm-hmm. when you try to go over the top. And if they go back to doing that and be successful doing that, the Patriots are gonna be a dangerous team. 
Yeah, I, I look, I, I think that um, they'd be smart to do that. They'd be smart to lean on the running game. They'd be smart to utilize those tight ends, especially uh, when Gazicki is back healthy uh, with, with he and Hunter Henry. Like, I think it's just a smart way to play this thing. And, you know, and then, look, if Matt Jones starts to, to get it together, feel himself a little bit, you want to start taking some shots down the field, do it. But they don't have great wideouts. Their strengths are their tight ends and their running game. That's the strength of this team. So play to your strengths. Yeah, normally I let chat comments go because people don't listen to what you're saying and they just formulate opinion in a matter of a second. So I'm going to address this Kawan real quick. Did you hear me compare Mac Jones to Drew Brees, first of all? Did you hear me compare them to Drew Brees? You did not compare them skill wise. No. I compared the style of offenses they ran, right? Yeah. That's all I want to clarify. Sometimes, you know, most for the most part, most things you don't need to address because people just. Take what they're going to take and run with it, okay? So I just want to clarify. In any way, shape, or form, after covering this game for 44 years, do you think I'm dumb enough to compare a Mac Jones to the like of a Drew Brees? Well, I, I think the, the the frustrating thing is either it's one of two things. Either people aren't listening and hearing what they want to hear or they're just trying to get attention and be trolls. I don't know which. Like, like you can – both of these things can be true. Mac Jones – right now can't carry drew Brees' jock but the approach could be similar thank you to what you did with drew Brees with thank mac you. jones thank there you. is a a huge distinction there people it doesn't mean Derek saying that he <laughs> mac jones is drew Brees. so let, let's please stop and, and, and that's the only that's the only comment i will address today that's it but that was that's ridiculous so yes i agree right. i agree all right anyway uh we'll keep it moving but yeah i mean that's the what's going to be interesting from them and th- what you also see here is there and i love the eagles offense don't get me wrong but you know they're going to be challenged here this is a good defense you know the the, yeah. the only yeah. real weak spot they're not great against the pass i mean they're okay they're, they're 14 they're okay they're good against the run and the Eagles offensive line, you know, as good as it is, they're going to be challenged here. This team, this team gets after the quarterback. Yeah, they do. And, you know, Matthew Judon is one of the best inside linebackers in the game, you know, and there's a reason why the Patriots were not about to let him get away, you know, um, and you build it, you build around and they've had, they've had good young talent and I expect them to be again, even with everything that we've said, when we stack them up against everybody else in that division, it's going to be hard pressed for them to be to, to to climb above those other teams, but I'm just saying that the Patriots are going to be a dangerous team. They're not going to be easy outs for anybody. No. Okay, no. You know you're going to have to come to play against this Patriots team, and I see how Belichick and that organization is now formulating the future. And, and I can see Dink and Duncan down the field. The defense is going to attack. They're going to put pressure on quarterbacks. You know, plain and simple. They are. They are. And now the names you want to watch, you want to watch Judon 15 and a half sacks. You want to watch Josh Uche. He's, he had 11 and a half last year. You also keep your eye on Dietrich Wise who who had seven and a half. So they're, they're, they're just three guys to, to watch very closely here at, you know, and you know, again, this is also where you love having a quarterback with the mobility that Jalen has and you can get out of there and, you know, potentially get up the field and, and those kind of things. Um, Nino, to answer your question, uh, you know, about Matt Ariza, who is the punter uh, out of San Diego State, who had, you know, a lot of legal issues last year and was cut by the Jets or the Bills, excuse me. Um, We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but just to reiterate, 
you know, obviously I think the skill set is there for this guy. What I wonder about is why no team in the league has signed him yet. The Eagles aren't the only team that could use an upgraded punter. And the fact that nobody signed him yet, and I know there aren't any criminal charges, but he does have a civil suit pending. I don't know if these teams have some kind of information on him. This is me speculating, but I find it strange that nobody would have taken a chance on him yet. That's all I'm saying. It may happen. I agree. It, it may happen with the Eagles, it may happen with another team, but it hasn't happened as of this point. I find it a little strange. I do too. I mean, there are other players that have had civil cases out against them that have had jobs. Yes. What's the hold up with this dude? I don't get it, man. I really don't. Yeah. The big hurdle was did he or did he not do what he was accused of doing? The, the law has clarified he is not guilty, right? Yes. So that should be a green light for anybody. To, to pursue and but yet still in limbo i don't get it dude i i that this is but I, but somebody somehow in the league i don't know if it's if it's word gotten around the fact that nobody's touched them rob there must be something that everybody in the league is still waiting to see it, yeah it, it would it's a red flag to me that someone has again it's not this isn't just the eagles that someone hasn't taken that risk on him or taken a, a shot on him so anyway, that that just just throwing that out there. Now, as we talked about a little bit earlier with the Patriots, is that you know the big question is how much of how much can Bill O'Brien get out of Mac Jones? That's a big part of this thing. How much can the offense stay a little bit more on time? That's a big part of this thing because you know defensively, you, you just look at what they're going to be dealing with with their division. Uh, and it's, you know, it's Miami, it's Buffalo, it's the Jets. It's, it's pretty nasty. And you look at their schedule, Eagles out of the shoot, then Miami, then they're at the Jets, then they're at the Cowboys. Then they play New Orleans at home. That's their first five weeks. Yep. They're, they're going to be tested right away, Derek. Yes. Yes. Patriot team. Rob, you know what? For the most part, every schedule we've looked at, it's like a murderer's row. When we've looked at Kansas City schedule, we've looked at Baltimore's, we've looked at the Patriots, obviously the Eagles. Yep. It's been like a murderer's row across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, the only teams I really think have an easier journey to the playoffs, I hate to say this, is the NFC South. When you look at the collection of those teams, yep. whoever the survivor is in that division is going to be that dominant team because the other three teams are not quite there yet. Yeah. Now, you like Atlanta coming out of that division. I've been consistent saying I like the Saints. Yep. You know, I think we may need to put I think I think we may need to put a cheesesteak on this one. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm I'm down. I'm down. All right. Yeah. I'll take the Falcons for, for a cheesesteak. You you got right. the Saints. I'm in. Yeah, if I win, I want a cheesesteak from Tony Luke's. If you, want you win, right. if you win, you want a cheesesteak from where? I'll go Tony Luke's. I like Tony Luke's. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll, right. meet up, we'll meet up at Tony Luke's one day outside of, uh, outside of Lincoln Financial Field. It's right on Oregon Ave. Yeah. Here yeah. you go. And right. break, break bread. We'll make it happen. But, yeah, so that's um, that's the Patriots. That's what they're looking at. That's what the Eagles Wait, do I get fr- Do I get fries with that also? Yes. It, in, it includes a side. It includes what about, a side. What about a drink? And a drink. Yes. Don't okay. push it beyond that. No. <laughs> All right. So um, I thought this was interesting. Like, to me, this is a big, fat – nothing burger Derek Gunn so AJ Brown and AJ wasn't even saying it like so he was answering questions yesterday he said look 
I know some people want to pit Devontae and I against us in terms of numbers. He said, but we complement each other. We make each other better. You know, I love playing next to him. I admire this guy's talent, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And we know part of the reason why this is coming up is AJ's already gotten paid. Devontae's going to get paid pretty soon, right? Like, I ha- I don't hear anybody pitting these two guys against one another. Right, I don't. Right. I don't hear Eagles fans, uh, I'll take AJ. Like, it's like you're happy you have both. It's like it's like what you, what you do with your, you, with your kids. You know what I mean? You love having them, having them all. You're not pitting one against the other. That's saying this one's right. smarter than the other one, and this one's better looking. But you're not doing that stuff. Right, right. But so I don't think it's a thing. I, I think it's. I think the the Eagles appreciate Devontae, and I think Devontae will be taken care of. I do. You know what? It, it's a given, Rob. Isn't it just a given that when the time comes, it's going to happen? Yes, and, and unless he gets hurt, then maybe that throws a wrench into things. But I don't. I mean, he's on the right path, man. I um, I love the way the Eagles' primary receiving core is set up. Okay. Yep. Now I think it's going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be a carousel of receivers beyond the first two for a while. Mm-hmm. But when you have two thousand yard receivers and they're going to be together at least for another three years, at least another three, and that includes this season. Yeah. Dude. In a game, in a passing type league that you have right now, you have that trio. You have that that triangle of quarterback who's been paid, one wide receiver who's already been paid, and another wide receiver. If he keeps going up the way he ha- is going to be paid, yep. dude, that, that that is. I mean, obviously, we. I don't even mention offensive line because the Eagles, even in Andy Reid's tenure, if you go back to Andy Reid, the offensive line always takes care of itself, and with Jeff Stoutland in the fold. It doesn't make a difference. We're going to be looking at this team eventually without Jason Kelsey, without Lane Johnson. I'm not worried about the future of the offensive line because look at what they've done since then. They've drafted Cam Jurgens. They've drafted Tyler Steen. I guarantee you the next draft or two, they're going to draft another offensive lineman or two high. I don't worry about the offensive line. But when you have that trio, the wide receiver and, and, and the quarterback, dude, you're set. That You're way ahead of the curve in that regard. And that's the, the league has really trended that way with the dual stud wideouts. It's not just the way it used to be where there's one guy. You know, most teams have two now. Um, you, you look at it like I give you an example like the Vikings have Justin Jefferson, who you know, you could certainly argue is the best receiver in the league. Thielen started to kind of taper off a little bit last year. So, what do they do? They let him go and they draft Jordan Addison. Like, all, right. almost every team has that one two component to yes. them. Yes, yes. Um, Except the the exception to the rule, though, um, the exception to the rule has to be Kansas City because Kansas City reminds yeah. me of New England back in its heyday. Exactly right. Their system is so efficient; it doesn't make a difference who they plug in at the wideouts. The machine still runs long as you have that franchise guy under center. Yeah, you know, for for decades, and Patriots at Tom Brady didn't make a difference who he looked to his left or right. Yeah. It was going to work. Andy Reid has shown with that dude named Mahomes under center, right. it doesn't make a difference who he looks to left or right. They're going to make plays. Yeah, Here. I mean, you're right. And when when you have that guy, it, there's exceptions, okay? He does have te- Kelsey, but when you have that guy, yeah, it's just like Brady. Brady had Gronk. 
right? Exactly. Whatever Aaron Hernandez, whatever it turned into, he had Aaron Hernandez, you know, before things, you know, whatever. So, but he, he didn't have to have those guys because they're such uber talented quarterbacks. But most quarterbacks and most teams view one or two receivers as as the way to go for sure. Certainly in most cases too. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, yeah. I, okay. Uh, real quick. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at the Kansas City's receiver stats now. Obviously, you know Kelsey. Kelsey's going to get 150 targets. But I'm just talking about from a wide receiver standpoint. Okay, just wide receiver. Yeah. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster, who is an okay receiver, he has 78 catches and 101 targets last year yep. for 933 yards. Yep. Marquez Valdez-Scanning at 42 catches for 687. Yep. You know, and then the running back, Jarek McKinnon, next to 56. And then all other receivers, even Miko Hartman. Now, he only played eight games because he was injured. Miko only had 25 catches, okay? Yeah. Everybody yeah. else, once you get past McKinnon, who was a running back, 15, 28, 25, 20. So they plug and play. It doesn't make a difference who who, who else is on the, outside on the wide. If they have you in the fold, you're going to get at least 48 to 60 catches yeah. outside of Travis Kelsey. And mm-hmm. that's what works for them, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it, you're right. It's You look at the combo effort of all of those guys. There isn't the 1,200-yard guy, but at the combo of all of them, still pretty darn good, that's for sure. All right, we're going to come back. So we're going to move up our NFL segment, Derek, to 1 o'clock. We'll do that at 1 o'clock because we have Paul Domowich hopping on to talk birds. Not that we won't talk NFL with Domo, too. We will do that. But he'll be joining us at 2 o'clock where we normally do our NFL segment. One thirty, Scott Lauber from the Inquirer is going to join us, and we'll talk some Phillies. But we're coming back with more NFL news and, uh, you know, who's going where, et cetera. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, Derek, we're, what, three hours from the trade deadline here. Uh, for him and nary a word. I don't know if that means he's staying or he's going or whatever, but we'll update you on all the other comings and goings around the NFL when we get back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because finding the right person to trust with your hard-earned finances is critical, absolutely critical. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, and you need help. You need help with those employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I have personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim. I couldn't be any happier. I couldn't have worked out any better. It will be the same way for you. Trust me. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles We're back. Appreciate you hanging with us today. We are Sports Think. He is Derek. I am Rob. Let's smash the like button, folks. If you uh, missed a little bit earlier, Derek Gunn broke the news that the Eagles are releasing Aaron Sippos. Now, that doesn't mean 100% that he won't be the punter. They may bring people in here, Derek, and not like what they see. Exactly. Suppose could be back. Um, so it it's not a hundred percent he's gone, but yeah, we're stepping in the right direction. We'll see what ends up happening here. Uh, so so as- let me let me just throw this out here, Rob, just because you know I, I, I love to get and I love to see from your neck up turn as red as the banner the red, behind yeah. you. The veins, yeah. So they bring in punters, they don't like any of them, and it's announced next next week that Sippos is returning. When you hear that for the first time, what will Rob Ellis's mindset be? A heavy sigh. Oh, I'll give you one. Oh, and then here's where my mind goes. This is how warped I am. So after the sigh, my mind will fast forward to a playoff game where it's cold or a big moment and he shanks one or he hits this little low line drive and there's going to be a big return in a big spot that bites him in the rear end. Like, like what happened in the Super Bowl. That's what I do. I go, immediate reaction and then boom fast forward that's what i do that's what will be happening that's and you'll expect- take you will take great pleasure in my pain i know you will because that's how you roll now see i don't take great pleasure in your pain it's the facial expressions that i take great pleasure in <laughs> the facial expressions are, are are worth more than the actual words spoken from your mouth okay <laughs> just 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 to see that facial expression, I just sit here and go, one, two, three, go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, may, maybe the Eagles just go full revolutionary and say, you know what, we don't need a punter. 
We'll have the backup quarterback hold, and we go for it every single time. Maybe maybe that's what we'll see. There you go. All right. Um, probably not. All right, so a couple things going on around the league. I, I wanted to hit you with this, Derek, because we talked about it yesterday. The Trey Lance trade. So um, here's what's really fascinating about this. Dak Prescott has no guaranteed money beyond this year. Right. Beyond right. 23. Um, this, to me, this move was not about building a quarterback factory or flipping Trey Lance or any of those kind of things. Now, I'm not telling you Dallas to get some ridiculous offer. They wouldn't flip them. But this was a, a, a shot at the bow of Dak Prescott saying, uh, dude, there needs to be a real sense of urgency for you to win and go deep this year. If not, there very well could be changes coming after this season. Uh, um, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, you don't, you don't just bring in a trade Lance. And then a few days later, the owner of your company gets in front of the media and says, you know, if he had fallen to us, we would have drafted Jalen Hurts, which is still which is still one of the dumbest things. So if I'm the Cowboys, if I'm if I'm Dak Prescott, what what am I thinking here? Number one, I'm I'm initially ticked off. I don't care what I say publicly to the media, I'm ticked off. And number two, I'm asking, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Now, from a Cowboys perspective, you look at you look at the Cowboys since Dak has been there. They haven't gone they haven't gone very far. I mean. Right. You can't get out of the first round of the playoffs, you know, mm -hmm. most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we paid you a lot of money to do better. And granted, we can't just blame it all on the quarterback, but let's face it, it starts with the quarterback, okay? Um, they've invested a lot of money in, in Dak Prescott. And obviously when they sit behind closed doors, and I mean the decision makers, and look at it, there's something about Dak that, that hasn't, been up to snuff, so to speak, that they're happy with. Now they haven't come out and said that publicly, obviously, because you don't want to, you don't not want to have that powder keg and you're trying to go into a new season. But yeah. everything is stacking up along that way. So if if I'm Dak, I'm ticked off, but I'm ticked off to where now I'm highly motivated to where I'm going to show these people who seem to, to to appear to have lost faith in me that I'm every bit the quarterback that you want me to be. Right. Now. They bring him in, a guy who can stretch the field and Brandon Cooks, to go along with C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, okay? That passing game has not been the same since Amari Cooper left, if you really think about it. Now you got a guy like Brandon Cooks, sure-handed receiver who can stretch the field. I don't care he's a journeyman. He's still fast, and he can still go get it, okay? So now we have the, the running game the way we want it. The tight end is questionable. We have the offensive line. Zach Martin's happy now. He's back. Now it's on you as a quarterback. What are you going to do with it? Yep. What are you going to do with it now? It's up to you, Dak. Do you want to be here or do you want to start looking for another team? Hey, Kirk Cousins left Washington and went to Minnesota, had a fine career. Got paid a lot of you money. Want, you, you want to go somewhere else? Mm -hmm. But if you want to stay here, Dak, this is what we need to see moving forward. Now, the, the caveat in this could be, could Mike McCarthy mess this whole thing up? Because Of course he could. I'm not sure Mike McCarthy is the right play caller for this situation. I don't like anything about, about or there's nothing I like about Mike McCarthy. Uh, Sill says, I think it's, I say it's the owner. If Prescott wants to win a Super Bowl, he better get the hell out of Dallas. Jerry Jones is the GM and he has one common name in the last 28 years, no doubt. They haven't, they haven't won since 95. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's, 
it's also a gamble. You're gambling that the Trey Lance can actually play. I mean, Trey Lance couldn't beat out Sam Darnold for the number two. I know. What does that tell you? So you better be right. If you're if you're going to, you know, run Prescott out or whatever may happen at the end of the season, you better be right that that guy can play who you're replacing him with. Now, now to give Trey Lance's due respect, the dude has, had, has overcome injuries too. Now, he, he lost the whole True. season to an injury. True. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what he is or is not. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we applaud Kyle Shanahan for being able to take any kind of quarterback, fit him in his system and make him flourish. We, but for some reason, Trey Lance did not fit that system. Wh- why? I, why did they give up on him so quickly? Well, the they, other thing is, what did you see in him that made you draft him that, that you thought he could fit your system as well. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't like picks. right. It wasn't like Kyle Shanahan Shanahan inherited him. They they he and John Lynch traded up to get him, which means you thought that he was that guy for your system. Now that happens all the time. There's the eye test, and then there's getting the guy into your place, and you and you hey, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't grasp this. Whatever. I don't know. But I thought the I thought the guaranteed money thing was interesting. Let me give you the flip side of that, Derek. We, we were talking the other day about how it looks like the Cardinals are straight up tanking, right? I mean, it looks like they're they're trading all their best defensive players away. They're going to be awful, right? I think we'd all agree they set up to be the worst team in football. But here's the problem. If you're tanking to get Caleb Williams, the kid out of USC, Kyler Murray, $39 million guaranteed this year, $35 guaranteed in 24, almost $30 guaranteed in 2025. You're not eating that much money. So if you're tanking, you're tanking to take somebody else. You're you're basically stuck with this guy, unless you're going to take the most massive hits anybody's maybe ever taken over that that period of time. The only the only way they can get out from under that is if 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 some trade partner um, absorbs all of that that money. Right. But that's not going to happen, Rob, because of his history that has been put out there. His inability that, to want to study a playbook. The fact that former teammate came out and said he needs some he some growing up to do. When you're putting that kind of money investing into the quarterback of your future, you don't want another Carson Wentz in your lock, locker room. Right. You don't. And I don't see anybody – a GM to even think about making that trade could get fired on the spot. No, nobody's, take, nobody's taking that kind of no. freight on. No chance. So, so if the Cardinals are tanking, what are they tanking for? Because they need so much – one player right away is not going to make a difference other than a quarterback. Is it a receiver? Receiver's not going to make that much. It's one player. It's got to be a succession of players to rebuild this thing. You got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, um, Isaiah Simmons. It's like you got this team. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't understand Arizona's mindset in terms of what they're trying to do here. And on top of that, you don't know when the quarterback's coming, coming back. He's starting the season on the pup list. Exactly. And the other part, here's the other part of it. Like, and I'll, for a second, I'll defend Kyler Murray. He's coming off an ACL with bad weapons on a team that's going to be garbage. I don't, it's not setting up for him to go out there and kick ass. You know what I mean? Like, so he might not play well anyway, on top of all of it, which means he's less attractive for a trade. You still either don't know what you have with them or you know what you have with them and it's not good enough. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot, 
this boy, this sets up for disaster in Arizona. If if Gannon even wins five, six games, it's a freaking miracle with that team. What was their record last year? Duh. Uh, All right, let's see. Why do they? Why do they give us preseason standings? Uh, anyway, no, go, right, go back. You can click. You can click. I got it. Board. It's a, just yeah. a different. Yeah, that's my own little rant. They were four and thirteen last year. They lost their last seven games. All right, so uh, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They open at Washington. That's a loss. Then, then they have the Giants and Dallas back to back weeks at home. Oh and three. Then they go to San Francisco. Oh and four. Then they have uh, Cincinnati at home. Oh and five. Then they go at the Rams. Eh, I, that still feels like a loss. Okay, at Seattle. Loss. Baltimore at home. Loss. At Cleveland. Loss. Atlanta at home. They got to win a game at some point. Uh, I'll give them a win there. Okay, at Houston. You know what? I'm going to give them a loss to Atlanta. I'll give them a win at Houston. A win okay. Houston. Uh, then they have the Rams at home. Loss. At Steelers. Loss. San Francisco at home. Loss. At the Bears. Nah. Man, I'll give at, them that one because you got so you always end up winning two or three. Okay. At, at the Eagles. Loss. And then they close out the regular season at home against Seattle. Uh, how do they win more than two games? Seriously. I I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. That's, That's a terrible team. That's a terrible. That's a disaster. You're telling me this team is going to be two or two and fifteen or three and Goddard, four. He might get one and done there. <laughs> this might be a Paul. What's his name? Nathaniel Hackett. Could be. Whoa, whoa! Did you really go there? I'm just saying. Even like you're giving. The, and again, I know we had a lot of fun with the Gan wagon last year, but you're giving the dude nothing to work with either. On top of everything else. And how um, soon will they trade Buda Baker? By the way, you know, why wouldn't you just unload him too? What's the point of having him even on the roster? If I'm Buda Baker, he could be he could be one of those he could make enough noise negatively. He could get traded before the deadline. No doubt. I, he could he could get traded before the deadline. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. If I'm him and he's considered a high commodity, why in the world would I want to step on the field every week with this this collection? You don't. It makes no sense at all. I mean, none. It makes no sense for them keeping them too. If if you're really tanking, which it looks like they are, I mean they're going like hinky tank. You get get rid of your playmaker, so you're stuck with Murray. But you could you could somebody would take Buda Baker off your hands. Now now, I, I'm and you know me, I'm not a big Jonathan Gannon fan. Yeah, but I'm gonna throw him. I'm gonna throw him a bone here. You know, you mentioned that he could get fired before the season is over. Now we don't even know what kind of head coach Jonathan Gannon is. This is not Jonathan Gannon's fault. That's what I mean. You can't tell anything from this. Nobody would win yeah. with this team. See, Belichick wouldn't win with this team. Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin wouldn't win with this team. Yeah, no. Nobody wins with this team. See, see, Nathaniel Hackett walked into a situation where that team was ready to win now, and he messed that thing up. True, you're time. true. That is a different comp. Yeah, yeah he, he had some talent for sure. But, but Jonathan Gannon walked into a hornet's nest from the ownership that has been exposed for a lot of uh, past transgressions to a quarterback who's going to start the season on the pup list and everybody in-house is waiting to see will he change his image and be that consummate leader we need him to be to embrace everybody, to change perceptions of him. Because obviously, 
like I said, how many times already this summer? If a guy who was on the starting offensive line now has gone to Denver, starting with Denver, couldn't wait to tell you that Kyler Murray needs to grow up, how many guys are still in that building every day saying and thinking the same thing among themselves about Kyler Murray? Great point. Uh, to answer who had it, Tyler had a question about Chris Jones. Uh, there's no movement, Tyler. Uh, he's, yeah. he, he is firm. I don't believe he's one of those guys who reports before week one if he doesn't have a new deal. He seems pretty dug in. So there's there's no movement. That, that the update is there isn't one. He he's still holding out, uh, and he wants a bigger deal. All right, Gunner. So let's hit a couple other things. Jonathan Taylor is, is yep. up against the deadline, you know, at, at four o'clock as well. The one other thing to keep in mind is he's still on the pup list. So the Colts could keep him on there if he is on the pup list. He can't play for the first four games. Nope. nope. So that's another piece of this thing that we don't really talk about much. Um. As, as upset as Jonathan Gannon is, I'm assuming with the organization and the statements from that owner, Ursay, I'm, I'm, I'm signing that thing. Yep. I'm signing it. And I get the first four weeks off. I, I get the first four weeks off. Now, I'm getting, what is it, $10.1 million, whatever it is. It's not the money I want, but at yeah. least I'm getting $10.1 million, And I don't even have to play the first four weeks. Mm. See? Mm. So I'm sitting there with my legs up. Yeah, you know, this injury, it's feeling a little better, but not quite where I needed to be, you know? Right. Uh, let's, I'll see you. Let's talk again in late October and see what happens. I, need Here's the, the, I agree with you. Here's the only question I have off of that. Can you trade a guy while he's on the pup? Mm. I don't know. Good question. I'm asking. I'm not sure. So, uh, all right. That, but that is definitely going to be one. Of, wow, the Patriots are trading Nick Folk, their kicker, to the uh, – to the Titans. All right. A lot of kicker movement here. This has been one of the weirder. Nick Folk is a good kicker. Who is taking his place? Well, that's oh, because they drafted a guy. A rookie A rookie is taking the place of Nick Folk, who is a sure kicker? Are you kidding me? Just, you know, I'm just what saying. What is happening in this league this year, dude? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. So it's it's been a, so far, it's been weird. Like, pretty quiet, you know, on the, on the trade movement and Players oh being released front and all that. And again, if you're just hopping on, let's update everybody, Gunner. So Devin Allen, uh, as well as Britton Covey, uh, both being released. They could both be back on the practice squad. Same with uh, Greg Ward, Julian Good-Jones, offensive lineman, Josiah Scott, corner, Aaron Sippos, that's the biggie, and Brady Russell, tight end. That's all we know thus far. We'll, wow. we'll keep you know, passing it along. Now, now right. just just a, just a real quick, just a real quick. Go back to Nick Folk for a moment. Yeah. Okay. He's thirty eight years old, right? Right. He made thirty two out of thirty seven field goals, eighty six point five percent accuracy. Right. Yeah. His longest was fifty four, from one to nineteen yards, one for one. Twenty to twenty nine, nine for nine. Thirty to thirty nine yards, eight for eight. Forty to forty nine yards, ten of fourteen. But here's the big one: fifty plus yard field goals. Four out of five. Guy's still good. Are you going to tell me this this rookie kicker is going to be that much better than a Nick Folk who's proven? Yeah, that's the thing I would worry about is you're in a you're in a tight game. How does the rookie react? We know Nick Folk's been there, done that. Bad weather that you get in New England. Better dude, hope this guy's you know legit. The, dude, the dude's thirty eight. He made four four out of five from beyond fifty yards. Exactly. Uh, 50. That's all I need to know. I I don't know what this. This kicker must have a howitzer, howitzer for a leg. 
you know, if, you, and if you're going to keep a rookie, unproven rookie over this dude. Yeah, it's okay. a risk. All right. It's a risk. Hoodie, Hoodie's taking a risk. Um, all right, the, the Panthers, this one's interesting. They cut Deion Jones, uh, linebacker, less than a month after signing him. The, the guy was a pro bowler last year. I do. That's why I said there's something in the water with stuff going on around the NFL. I, I just don't get it. I really don't. I, yeah. I don't understand that one. I wonder, I wonder if the Eagles would look at him. You know? Get some linebacker depth. They should. They should. Why not? I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. Uh uh-huh. hey, we were we were surprised. We were we were just stoked that Miles Jack was coming here. That's true. And he decided to retire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Who he's knew all, he was kind of done with football, right? He's he's already thinking about making a transition to become a plumber or electrician. And I applaud. I have friends who are plumbers and electricians. They're very good. Make a lot of money. Yep. You know. And if he feels that at this stage of his life, God God bless him. You know, if he wants to do something else with his hands and his minds other than have his body beat up, I get it. But Hey, I, I have to look at Dion. I got to look at him. A serious yeah. possibility. It's a thought. You can, get, a thought. you can get him for a song and a dance. If nobody outbids you, you can get him. It's not going to cost you much. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, look, here's the uh, here's another one that's uh, I, I, this says to me like, what are teams looking at here? But yeah. apparently, teams are inquiring about Jalen Rager to the Vikings. Come on, man. We're, okay, who put, who put that out? The I know. Is, is this his side just trying to drum up interest because he may end up getting cut or whatever? I don't. I don't know. Hold on. I want to know who put that out there first of all. I got, are you kidding me? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Bizarre. Jaylen, I have, okay, I got to find out where this is coming from. This is this. That's the topper of the day. Teams are interested in Rager. Are you kidding me? I I don't know, man. I, I here's the problem, like. A, he is not dependable with punt returns. At least, you know, he wasn't last year in terms of securing the ball. B, he's still not a good receiver, doesn't run good routes. I mean, even the game, if you remember the crazy comeback game that they had against the Colts last year? It was like a right. Saturday afternoon game. The game was nuts, right? right? Rager stopped on two patterns, I think, and caused two different interceptions for Kirk Cousins. And I'm like, well, I, I remember one game in particular. He was running a deep, a deep post over the middle. Yeah, and had a step on the receiver, and 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 Cousins laid it out perfectly. He stopped, and Cousins is standing there like this. Yeah, like, dude, what are you doing? He just stopped, like he didn't know the ball was coming to him. You know, and it, and and I'm like, yeah, that's the Jalen Rager they got rid of. Yep, that's the yep. one. Yeah, you know, the, as far as the Rager. It's uh, Ian Rappaport put it out there. So if he puts it out there, there's got to be some validity to it. Yeah. So uh, who in the world would want Jalen Rake? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I who knows? Um, uh, the Texans, two interesting cuts. One guy you know very well, Derek. Uh, Desmond King cut and Christian Kirksey, uh, Kirksey cut as well. Both guys out. I, tell me about King. Give me your thoughts on King. Uh, first round bust, former yep. first round bust, high second round bust, Green Bay. Yeah, you know, I had the size, had the potential, never panned out. That's why he was gone. Yeah, um, Kersey was in Green Bay also. I thought he was good on the inside. I was shocked Green Bay let him go. I believe it was after one one season. Um, and now D'Amico Ryan's is letting him go. Yeah, not a good sign. So, not a good sign for him mm-hmm. in his career. Nope, not a good sign. All right, Sills has an answer. He uh, he knows the agent, I guess. Uh, Jeff Nally. Uh, his agent is known for this. He's trying to get him signed with the Texans. Okay. I mean, he's from the Texas area, whatever, if that ends up happening, that's good. Good for the good luck. I think D'Amico, 
I hope that Miko knows better uh, than to go down that route. <laughs> My goodness. Um, but you know what? Who knows? Fresh start, new head coach, new coaching staff. They need some pass catching help down there. I'm not saying Rager's the solution, but you know, send them back home with a new young rookie quarterback. Who knows? Yeah, anything can happen. Anything can happen. All right. Uh, also of interest, this is going to be pretty good. So we're uh, we're nine days away, Derek, from the NFL opener in Kansas City, Lions and the Chiefs. So the uh, they're attempting to put on the world's largest tailgate party prior to the game on Thursday in Kansas City. They're going to have celebrities there. They're going to have you know everybody. They're they're, they're going. Try to go as big as you could possibly go uh, for this one in KC. And I know I haven't been to Kansas City, and that's a bucket list one as far as the NFL goes for me. Yeah. But you say that this, if there's any place equipped for it, they're in pretty good shape for it. Um. So so you've been to um, you've been to the Meadowlands Stadium, the Giants yes. Jets team, right? I have. And you know that thing looks like a spaceship. It seats close to eighty thousand for a football game, right? Big parking lot too, which which is good. Yep. So um, I, I don't want to misspeak here, but I want to—I just want to make sure I get the right dimensions for this. Uh, Kansas City Stadium, in terms of size, is very similar um, in circumference to uh, the, the the Giant Stadium, okay. and that parking lot is huge. And let me tell you something: when you talk about a city that knows how to barbecue at a tailgate party, mm-hmm. you can smell barbecue smoke miles away before you even get close to the stadium in Kansas City. Right. I'm very interested in seeing exactly how they try to set this thing up because you have a lot of people in KC that take pride in their barbecues. They're one of the best cities in America in terms of going to different barbecue restaurants. And I've been I've been in that stadium like three or four times in, in my lifetime. All right. So Kansas Arrowhead Stadium seats 76,416. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Giant Stadium, I believe is a little over eight. All right, Giant Stadium, Jet Stadium. 82,500. No, 5,000 more. Okay. Yep. So, so both parking lots are very similar um, in size, just 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 expansive parking lots. If, if there was a barbecue tailgate, and you know me, I'm not a tailgater. I hate tailgate. I, but if there was a tailgate festivity going on, Kansas City would be at, my, at the top of my list. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Okay. All right. I, look, I'm with you. I would love to check it out as well. Uh, and I would I would not mind uh, dipping into some of that barbecue also. All right. Let's get a timeout here, D-Gun. Come back, 2 o'clock, Paul Domowich. Coming up next, uh, Phillies are certifiably hot, D-Gun. They are on fire. And they kept it rolling again last night. So we will talk to Scott Lauber, who was there last night, covers the team for the Philadelphia Inquirer. We will do that when we return and again any updates we get because we're now you know what two and a half hours out from the uh from the cut down uh we will pass that along also all right let's talk about proaction restoration proaction restoration are the folks that you reach out to if you have a business you have a home you have a property that goes through the inconvenience of water fire smoke or mold damage Proaction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. So you have an issue at night, you call them. You have an issue on the weekend, you call them. You have an issue on a holiday, you call them. They're available. I did on a Saturday, and they got right out, and they cleaned up the place. The crew was professional. Price was right. Uh, It was just a giant sigh of relief for everybody involved. 
pro-action restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro-action will work in conjunction with your insurance company also. So again, if it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And get lost in the woods. Save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
We're back, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's turn our sights, Derek, on to the Phillies, who took care of business again last night in game one of their series against the Angels. It's been a really good homestand for them thus far. Six and one. They've won four straight. They are now 15 games over 500 for the first time this season. Joining us right now does an awesome job covering the Phils for the Philadelphia Inquirer. You could follow him on Twitter or X at Scott Lauber. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you? What's up, man? Hey, guys. How are you? Scott, Good. great. Great, man. Somebody's birthday? What do we have? Or happy first day of school? What's going on behind you, man? <laughs> no, no, I'm in a very uh, congested uh, like toy room that we have here, and there's all kinds of stuff. So that could be from like Okay. Uh, a year ago, as far as I know. This we were going to say happy birthday, but if, whatever. Okay. When's the big day? When is Scott's big day? Mine is is uh, a month from now, September 27th. We'll get to, so, we have to yeah. remember that if we have you yeah. on that day. Yeah. Uh, Scott, I know you wrote about uh, the power surge. In particular, two guys where it's coming from and how critical it is with Bryce Harper and Trey Turner. So let, let's look at both here. Harper's got Turner's now got seven home runs in the month of August, he's certifiably scorching Harper. You know, uh, people were really worried about the power outage Scott early, but he's showing you now he's back to being Bryce Harper. So just give us your thoughts on what's going on there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one thing to hit 52 homers in a month as they have um, as a team, that's a franchise record. And again, anytime they set these franchise records, I go back to the fact that the franchise is 141 years old. So there's a lot to go on. And the fact that um, they've hit more homers in a month says something, right? But I think it also says something about when it's happening and who the leaders are of this power surge. And it's happening in August. So that's kind of the time you want to be peaking. The Yankees hit 53 home runs in May. What good did it do them? Right. Right? Yep. They're not going right. to make the playoffs. So you'd rather have this type of streak now. Um, and you know, I think Schwarber's got nine, Castellanos has eight, Harper has eight, Turner has seven. Those are four of the big five that we talk about when we talk about the Phillies lineup. And for most of the season, their best players have been Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm and Brandon Marsh. And that's great, but those are not the guys you expect to be your best players. Those are guys you expect to be your complementary players, at least at this point in their careers. So the fact that the leaders, you know, the best players – are the ones that are kind of leading this uptick in power is what you really want to see as really the encouraging part. The fact that they've got those guys going, the fact that they've got some order now to the lineup, you know, Rob Thompson's a big, uh, a big uh, believer in consistency in the lineup when it's going well. And he believes their best lineup. And we can argue this. And we have has Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot and uh, Trey Turner batting second. And that's the alignment right now, and it's going to be the alignment going forward because it's working, and they're winning. Yeah, Scott, let, let's talk about Schwarber for a moment because it's either all or nothing with this guy when he steps to the plate. But when it's all, and Rob and I were discussing this yesterday, there's a, it appears to us there's a certain energy this team has when he sends one over the fence that's unlike anything else we've seen. You know, and the way he's hitting the ball now, I mean, he's on fire right now, but obviously went over five last night, but what is it about the energy with this guy who sets the tone for the rest of the team? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, and very often, you know, those, some of those home runs come to lead off a game, you know, and their record when he hits a leadoff home run, it's kind of like, 
it's kind of like a punch in the mouth, right, to the other team, and or it's like an early knockout, and they might get up and they stagger a bit, but they're not the same fighter, right? So like he has that he has that effect on a team when he hits one uh, to lead off a game, and you know I've seen plenty we've we've all seen plenty of good leadoff hitters who've hit plenty of leadoff home runs. They don't seem to pack the same uh, have the same impact that it does when this guy goes deep. I will say this, you know, on Sunday. Um, he uh, they scored a run where Yohan Rojas doubled. Yep. Schwarber made contact, moved him over, and Turner drove him in with a sack fly. And that was great for me to see because it's proof of what we talk about all the time. Like I don't, I don't understand and have never understood all these people in baseball who say, "Oh, a strikeout's just like any other out." No, it's not because if Kyle Schwarber strikes out there, Rojas is still standing on second. The fly ball maybe gets him to third, but it certainly doesn't get him in. And maybe they don't score a run that inning. So I do think there's something to be said for making more contact. But look, Kyle Schwarber is a fully formed major league player at this point. He is who he is. So what you're going to get are a lot of home runs, a lot of walks, and a lot of strikeouts. And, you know, that's fine when it's one guy um, who plays that, who has that style as a hitter. You can't have a whole lineup full of them. But I do think when they're going well and when he is going well, there's a direct correlation between those two things and the style of play, the style of offense works for him and it works for them when it's inside of a larger, uh, more complete offense. Mm. Scott, let, let me go back to uh, Harper for a minute. What I also have liked, and, and I know that look, the power coming back now is great. I mean, it's a, it's a great sign, but I, I think he's really had a good approach to hitting pretty much throughout most of the year. Like, he is using all fields, uh, you know, a lot more as far as I'm concerned. I'm seeing a lot more, a, a sort of a different approach sometime with two strikes. Like, I like what I'm seeing here from him. I mean, he's over 300 as a batter, and it's not a tiny sample size anymore. He's been back for a good while. It, it, he just looks good and comfortable at the plate, period. Yeah, he really does. Um, I got an interesting email from someone this morning who said, you know, what was the Remind me again, like what was the projected time frame for him to come back? Uh, and and where does it, you know, where is it on the calendar relative to what he's doing now? And I, I do think that we can't lose sight of that. Like he came back on May 1st and it was faster than any recorded comeback. And, you know, he hit the ball well when he first came back. Um, it wasn't necessarily going out of the ballpark, but he was getting a lot of hits. He was hitting over 300 or close to it. Um then he went through that big, big power drought yep. and he talked about it. He said, I'm not even supposed to be back yet. So I'm real happy with how I'm with how I'm feeling uh, and the power is going to come. And sure enough, it did. It took a little longer than it normally does. But I do think that probably has something to do with the fact that by almost every estimation, including their own, the Phillies own, he wasn't supposed to be back until June or July. And he came back uh, as far ahead as he did. So um I, I do think that um, we lose sight of that because he's been back so long and because he came back so soon uh, that um, his body probably wasn't quite ready for him to be totally back it's in terms of the strength and the power. You know, I had an interesting conversation with him. I think when the team was in Oakland, we talked about this and he said, you know, I said to him, you know, something I haven't asked you is what, what did you do exactly in the off season? Because you couldn't, he obviously couldn't lift the way he normally does with the elbow coming back from the surgery. He said, I did a lot of cardio. I did a lot of legs. I did a lot of Pilates. I did everything I could do without having to use my elbow. Well, you know, that's a big part of hitting the ball out of the ballpark is being able to 
do your strength training and do your and do all of that. So maybe the rest of his body is finally caught up now. And, uh, you know, I, I think he was seeing the ball well for most of the time he's been back. And now it's finally translating into more power. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, Scott, I think when we look back on this season, however it ends, um, I think one of the best storylines of this season will be Trey Turner comes off a road trip and it, he struggled. And we're all speculating, what kind of reception is he going to get at Citizens Bank Park? The very first time he steps to the plate off that road trip, it's a standing ovation. And magically, everything has changed for him since then, offensively, defensively. I have never seen anything like this in all the years I've covered sports, period. And I just think this if he continues on this current trend, what a story that's going to be to tell at the conclusion of this season. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you uh, if you think back now, um, you know, hard to do this on August 29th. But like, you know, at some point you sit and you think about the most memorable nights of a season, whether it's, you know, Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, whatever it is. You sit back at the end of the year usually and you say, what were the most memorable games of that year? That's probably in your top five. I mean, it's up there with the no hitter and it's up there with a few other things that have happened throughout the year. And there are going to be probably some more when they clinch a playoff spot. But like, you know, that's there. That's that's with it. Um, and and in part because of what followed, you know, uh, this hot streak, this 26 game hot streak that he's been on uh, since that night. And I look, I think it's a little simplistic to say, oh, the fans turned him around because they stood and they cheered and they lifted him up. But that had something to do with it. There's no doubt about it. And it's something to do with it. Um, I've asked players about it in the clubhouse. Like, come on, guys, really? Like, do you think? And to a man, most of them say, oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, we all noticed it. I'm sure Trey noticed it, you know, and um, I'll tell you, we've talked about this ad nauseum, the three of us, yeah. but like as the season unfolded, I never really got the feeling that Turner was uncomfortable or unhappy or uh, struggling to adjust. I just got the feeling he wasn't playing well. And then came that road trip and they went to Pittsburgh first and then Miami and that was the first time all year I really got the feeling like this dude is lost yep. because he's never struggled like this in his career ever. And he doesn't know what to do about it. He's drowning. And then there was that memorable night in Miami where he spent the night until midnight hitting in the cage there. Players are leaving. And uh, I think the coaching staff stayed and waited for him to take a, a, the last bus back. And it was like he'd hit his breaking point. And so I do. I think that um, he came back and he had that um, – he had that night, and and it was something that was special for him. Mm. Scott, let me ask you about the pitching. Um, we've seen Nola now and Wheeler. Nola, it's been two straight. Wheeler, I think, for most of the year has been good, although people probably aren't giving him the love I think he deserves. But um, how do you view the rest of this? Like, if the season started now, Ron Thompson is on record as saying this, and there was no doubt in my mind it, it was going to be Wheeler and then Nola. Is, is three, four essentially up in the air um, right now? Because let's face it, Taiwan Walker looks, you know, I know he kind of got by last night. He hasn't looked great of late. Rangers banged up. Christopher Sanchez has been awesome to his pro, to his credit. And I don't know, Lorenzen two lights out and then two bad. Like, where are we here with the beyond the first two? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good way to characterize it. I think it's a little up in the air. Um Look, one and two are pretty well set in stone, Wheeler-Nola. And if they pitch the way they pitched, you know, over the weekend against St. Louis, it was kind of a flashback to last year in the wild card series, right? So if they pitch like that and they pitch the way they did in the wild card series last year, it's like, 
you know, just an entryway to the to the division series at that point. But then you're going to need other guys, and you might need someone as soon as game one of the division series. Last year, the choice was Ranger Suarez, and I think he's probably the he's probably the front runner. Uh, I would I would anoint him the front runner to to be the the game three starter uh, if they need one in the wild card series or the game one starter in the division series just because he's sort of the incumbent he's done it but he's got to come back from the IL and he's got to come back healthy and he's got to pitch well I thought he was pitching well again before he he uh, tweaked his hamstring um, maybe this works to his advantage you know the fact that he's had um, two weeks down now and. I know he started the season late because he was on the IL, but maybe he comes back fresh and has a good September, and and you can sort of ride that into the postseason as your game three guy. I agree with you that Taiwan Walker looks like, you know, I mean, by his own admission, he he was dealing with arm fatigue. Mm-hmm. He had that ten day break. I thought he was sharper last week against the Giants than he was last night against the uh, Angels, uh, but he did make pitches last night. He did get out of jams. He owes Trey Turner something for that first inning. Uh, he made that play up the middle and yep. saved them with the bases loaded. Uh, but then he got out of a jam in, I think, the third and the fourth. Um, you know, so he was a little bit um, kind of an escape artist last night. And you'd like to see him throw, Rob Thompson said, more first pitch strikes, uh, get ahead of hitters more. Um, and then compound all of it with the fact that he's had, you know, a really rough second half the last two years with the Mets. And you wonder whether, you know, um, what he did in, 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 May and June and June in particular uh, was kind of like, you know, his biggest contribution for the season and, and whether maybe he's sort of fading a bit, you know, and then the concern with Lorenzen and Sanchez for that matter is that they're both pitched more innings than they've pitched uh, in their careers um, in a single season. So, um, you know, what's the, what's the fatigue level there? Sanchez looks great. Uh, You know, he looks like he's cruising right along and, um, you know, but how much do you trust him in a, in a postseason series just because he's never done it before? Lorenzen, you know, look, two starts ago, he threw a no hitter. So I'm not ready to say that like his tank is empty or anything like that. But he also threw 124 pitches in that start. And as I said, the innings count is up. So it's going to be interesting. What What is what is notable to me is that when Suarez comes back, which could be as soon as this weekend, if not um, next week in San Diego, they're going to go with a six-man rotation again for a week or so until they get through that double header on September 11th. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do after that. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a sense, they want to go back to five because they don't want too much time between starts for Wheeler, for Nola. They want those guys peaking as the playoffs get um, uh, get nearer. At the same time, like, would it hurt to just get through the rest of the year with a six-man? You know, you give everybody a little extra rest. Yeah. Um, you do what you have to do on the side to make sure that they're sharp, but uh, get everybody a little bit of extra rest and get them toned up, tuned up to where you want them to be when the postseason starts. It'll be interesting to see if they do stick with it or if they if they scale back to five just to kind of get everybody back on a, a normal schedule. And then if they do that, who's the odd man out? Right. Scott, let's stay with Walker for just a moment because, as you talked about, they gave him the extended time off and they were talking about arm weariness. And then I'm listening to the announcers last night. Doesn't seem like he has the velocity on this ball. Have you guys in the media been able to pinpoint exactly what this arm weariness is? Because when I look at his stats, it's not like he's been overused this season. He hasn't been he hasn't been extended much. He's been right where you expect the starting pitcher to be every time he's been out. Yeah, it's he's kind of an enigma to me in a lot of ways because the the velocity comes and goes and you know, there were times early in the year where the velocity was down, 
like way down. Remember that start against the Mets in New oh, York? Yes. Right? Like he just never looked right on the mound. He never looked comfortable. And I was fully expecting to go downstairs and hear him say like, yeah, I've got some uh, forearm soreness or something like that. And he, he said, no, I'm healthy. And that was almost worse to hear because you were like, what? well, then why is this happening? Like, why is your power not there? So the velocity comes and goes, and he has shown at times the ability to pitch without his peak velocity this year. I think it goes to, you know, he's got like six pitches or seven pitches that he uses. And I think it goes to the fact that if he's got majority of them going, he doesn't need the velocity to really get hitters out. Uh, it's when he doesn't have, uh, you know, more than a couple or two or three going that uh, he does need the velocity and it shows up and he gets hit. So uh, it's it's really an enigma. And then, you know, when he really got on that role and we said, well, what's the difference? He talked about like, well, I'm 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 running around more on the on the days between starts and I'm taking grounders and I'm fielding. I'm taking throws at first base. And he does. He does do all that. He likes to be an athlete. He likes to get his body moving. Beyond just, you know, walking out to the bullpen and throwing his side sessions. And it's like, okay, but that can't be all it is, right? Like, so he's, there's sort of a mystery to him in terms of like what, how much to make of the velocity and how much to make of the peaks and the valleys, because it doesn't always correlate to how he's pitching. I just, you know, I do go on track record and the fact that the last two years he hit a wall in in New York with the Mets, um, that, that to me is, is alarming because, um, it's happened before, and you know what do you have to do to keep it from happening again, or is it already happening? Uh, just mm. to update, folks: uh, Joseph Nagata being waived, uh, according to Dave Zingaro, waived by the Eagles. Joseph Nagata could be certainly a candidate for the practice squad. All right, Scott, let, let me let's go to the bullpen here. Uh, they have Alvarado back. They have Sir Anthony back. Uh, Kimbrell, it's been a bit of a struggle uh, for him of late. Will we continue to see Thompson use the pieces the same way? Will it be? Kimbrell, for the most part, closing. Will it be matchup driven? How do you see the back end as we we move forward into September here? Yeah, I mean, like I think in September, it's going to be a lot of what we've seen. So Kimbrell kind of is not I wouldn't call it anchored to the ninth inning, but he's pretty close to anchored to the ninth inning. Uh, they'll float him to the eighth if need be at times here or there. But he's really the the, the last guy. He's he's been a closer through and through. And um that's a story worth telling as, as the season uh, winds down is sort of like this revival of Craig Kimbrell as a closer, because I had a lot of people tell me when they signed him, you watch before long, he'll be there. I know what they say. They don't use a closer. It's matchup based. If Kimbrell's pitching well, he will pitch the ninth inning. And that's exactly what happened. Alvarado, they'll float a little more. um, And as well as uh, Dominguez and Soto, I thought last night was pretty telling that they, um, they let Soto pitch to Otani in a one-run game. It speaks to the confidence that Thompson has in Soto right now. He said afterwards, I just like the matchup. And sure enough, uh, Soto got a ground ball and hustled over to first base to help cover, and um, and they uh, and they got the out. So um, that was telling to me about where Soto stands in the pecking order. So I do think that um, the other three, Alvarado, Soto, and Dominguez, will kind of flip-flop here and there between seventh, eighth, and in the playoffs – all bets are off. Like you'll see some of those guys come in in the fifth or sixth uh, in the postseason. So those are certainly the big four, the four that are most trusted. And then how do they fill out the rest of that bullpen uh, moving forward? Jeff Hoffman has done such a nice job for them. Matt Strom has done a good job for them. Um, Does, um, you know, sort of whoever gets nudged out of the rotation in the playoffs, whether it's Lorenzen, see if it's Lorenzen, like he's got experience as a reliever. He could help that way. 
If it's Walker, he does not really have a whole lot of relief experience. So I wonder how he fits. Um, Suarez, right, has good right. relief experience. So he could be a guy. He's versatile. Could sort of, yeah. ma- you know, maneuver here to there like he did last year. So um, lots of things they can do in October. But I think in September, you're going to see them keep using it the same way. I do think that they're going to want to uh, be careful with Kimbrell and with Soto. Uh, they've both been healthy all year and they've carried a heavy load especially while Alvarado was out and Dominguez was out. So maybe they lean more on Alvarado, Dominguez, hoping their arms are fresher uh, and be careful with Kimbrel and Soto to make sure that they're ready for the postseason. Scott, I'm not the type of person that likes to look too far into the future, but I'm sitting here today and, and, and I'm saying if the Phillies continue on this hot streak, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the National League come playoff time, and that includes the Braves. And let's face it, the Braves are that team when it comes to home runs, run producing. But if these if these guys continue on this trend, they could go toe-to-toe with the Braves at the plate. Yeah, no doubt. I was having a conversation with another writer um, from another market recently, and we were sort of like, like just like as a thought exercise, like how many rosters in the National League do you take over the Phillies? Like, yeah. is it just the Braves and Dodgers? And it might be it. Really. Um, and I'm not sure like they're not on par. Like, I'm not yeah. sure that those teams are not so far ahead. So, no, I think I agree with you. I think it's it's one of those years where the third best team or the or one of the three best teams in the division is a wild card team. Uh, they've got a four game cushion now over, you know, um, for, uh, for the top spot. Yeah, anybody else. Card. Yeah. It's like five and a half or six. Right. I think over the first team out. So. You know, uh, you know, look, pedal to the metal, right? Get the job done, clinch the spot. But they might actually be able to um, rest some people, set things up the way they want. You don't want too much rest. You know, Trey Turner was saying last night, like, if, you, if you've got to pick every year, like a team that you think is going to go to the World Series, a wild card team is usually a good pick because they've got to kind of keep their foot on the gas right till the very end. Right. And, uh, and they're kind of – I remember last year, I remember when the Phillies went into Atlanta – that first day, that workout day, they were riding high off of the the, uh, the St. Louis series, and the Braves were playing a simulated game with – on the scoreboard was the lineup from the night they clinched over the Mets because that was the last home game they played, and it was like 10 days earlier. And I was like, we're just we're like walking into a time warp here because the Braves have been doing nothing for the last few days, and and it shows. Um, and, and it showed in that series, right? So you want to strike a balance between – peaking at the right time, but also making sure that you've got all your ducks in a row. And the Phillies, I think, I think are going to be able to do that, um, to have the opportunity to do that, to at least try to achieve that balance between uh, how do we peak right as we're entering the playoffs, but also make sure that we're lined up, we're ready to go, and and we can start who we want to start, and we can cut, bring whoever we want out of the bullpen because they've got enough rest, but not too much. It's going to be a bit of a balancing act, but I think it's one that, Look, I don't, I don't know, guys. I don't see any of these wild card teams running up there to, to catch them. No, um, no. And the way they're playing, you know, look, they're not going to keep it up completely. Uh, they've won, I think, 19 games this month or mm-hmm. 7 to 18 games this month. Um, they tend to struggle in September. That's been this team's history, right? But I think they've built a little bit of a cushion here so that they can withstand a bit of a stumble and still be in good shape. Scott, the last one from me, I, I think the other thing that's big too is the emergence offensively of Rojas, the way that Marsh has hit really all year. 
like you don't have any fear of using these guys in a playoff setting, giving them a start. You know, if, if Harper's healthy and can play first, you don't have to think about Schwarber in left field. I mean, you can, your outfield really upgrades massively defensively. Yeah, you know, it sure does. And look, last week was interesting because Harper had to DH for six days last week. And it really kind of shows you how the lineup as constructed lacks flexibility when he has to DH because um, even if, even if with him at first base, you lock Schwarber into DHing, you know, it opens up left field. Uh, you can have Rojas and Marsh in the lineup together. You can use Jake Cave if you want to use Jake Cave in left field against, a, 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 you know, um, against, you know, in the right matchup. Um, it, it moves Bohm back to third where he wants to be and where he feels better. It puts Sosa back on the bench where he should be. He's a good bench player and a very valuable one because he plays a lot of positions. You know, everything just feels a little bit better when Harper's at first base because you can do a little bit more. You can give the lineup a little bit of a different dimension. And if you want to keep using Rojas, the only way to do that is to have Harper play first or to not have Marsh play every day. And you right. want Marsh to play every day, I think. I think he's he's warrant, you know, he he hits lefties well enough that he should play against lefties. And so I'd like to see Marsh in there every day. Um, and you can do that if Harper plays first base. You can have Marsh in there every day, and you can have Rojas in there and and do a lot of different things at the bottom of the order. Um, you know, again, one of the reasons why they didn't go at the trade deadline and go get Teoscar Hernandez, and the Mariners are happy they didn't trade him now, or yeah. uh, or Hunter Renfro, and the Angels probably wish they'd traded him now. And along with uh, everybody and else. Adam Duvall. <laughs> you know, one yeah. of the reasons they didn't get those guys was because they looked at those players and they said, we have guys like that. You know, we have Kyle Schwarber and we have Castellanos and we have Real Muto swing and miss guys who hit the ball out of the ballpark. What we need is the Rojas types at the bottom of the order who can run, who put the bat on the ball, who make contact, who make things happen. Rojas, stop, boom. They all make good contact and it's a different dimension to the lineup. It makes you a lot less easy to deal with when you've got those guys. Um, I don't know that there's a guy I'd rather less rather face than Bryson Stott with men on base except for maybe Alec Bohm, because mm -hmm. both of them put the bat on the ball and they, they're going to make something happen. So I do think that when Harper's at first, it opens the door to a multidimensional offense. And they're hitting all these home runs now, and it's great, but they're going to have to manufacture runs at some point in October, and those are the kinds of players you need to do that. No doubt. Scott, Scott last one for me. As we sit here today, who is the team MVP? Ooh. Ooh, good question. That's a great question, Derek. <laughs> it's like a different different answer, first half, second half. That's a great question, man. I'm still gonna go. Uh, I'm still gonna go Bryson Stott. I'm with you. I'm, I'm a Stott guy too. Yep. You know, and I like 300 hitters. Yeah. Um, I wish more guys hit 300 these days. I really do. I wish we. You, you know that you go to a game at Citizens Bank Park. I realized this a couple of weeks ago. I can't believe I hadn't realized it before. You will not find batting average on any of the scoreboards. Scott, that, that has to be the first thing that you see wow. from a stat line. It has to be. I, I, I get things have changed a little bit, but I'm sorry. That's got to be the I, – I know. I don't like it either. It's right? Like, I want to know what a guy's hitting. And I yeah. know it doesn't tell me everything about him as a hitter. It might yeah. tell me only a tiny fraction about that. But I want to know what he's hitting. Uh, yeah. I want to know what Bryson Stott's hitting without having to look at my my notes. So, um, But, yeah, I guess Stott um, – because it's just been consistent uh, and, and he's been, you know, where would they be without him? I remember in spring training, everyone said to me, Stott, Bowman, Marsh could make the difference between 85 wins 
and like 95 wins. Well, you know, in more ways than one, that turned out to be true this year because I'm not sure that they're anywhere near where they are if those guys hadn't delivered in the first half the way they yep. did. Mm. Sky, good stuff, man. I'll always love reading you. Uh, keep up the good work. We appreciate you jumping on for a couple minutes and uh, good luck the rest of the way, man. You're, you're, in, you're in the stretch run too, but we appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for a couple minutes. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. Anytime. You got it. That's Scott Lauber, uh, reporter for Major League Baseball, as well as the Philadelphia Phillies for the Inquirer. And again, you can follow him on X or Twitter at Scott Lauber. All right, let's get a timeout. D-Gun, let's turn our sights back to the Eagles and the NFL. When we come back, Paul Domowich is going to join us. We'll talk birds. We'll talk about some of the moves that we know thus far with the countdown to the cutdown being about two hours away. We'll dig into all that kind of stuff when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You could go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
G-L-E-S Eagles. All right, welcome back in, everybody. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports, uh, YouTube network that is the gun. I am Rob Ellis. Are right, we swinging back to the Eagles and the NFL? And joining us right now, he has been covering the league for the better part of four decades, does an awesome job. And he's also got a new podcast digital show on A2D Radio. That would be Paul Damo, which you can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at P Damo. Damo, how you doing, my man? Doing well, Rob. How are you guys doing? Great, up, great to see you, Damo, as, as always, man, as always. Um, anything that's gone down today surprise you uh, from a cut standpoint? Sippos, uh, Covey, uh, Devin Allen, Nagata, I, I don't know, just to name a few. Any Anything jump out? Any of those guys you thought would survive? I mean, Sippos a little bit. Uh, I mean, they've left themselves right now without a punter and a punt returner, but they obviously have – uh, an idea of what they're doing next, you know, just because they were, you know, had cut both of their punters doesn't mean there's somebody out there. They, they, they like, and know they can get, so it's not a, a you know, it's not a troubling uh, development. Mm -hmm. Hey, Damo, before we even talk football, I'm, I look at your Twitter page and the first thing that jumps out says, Semi-retirement isn't working. That is the <laughs> best line ever, dude. I just want you to know. I just had to bring that up, and that is awesome. Well, can't you look at that two different ways? Either I don't feel like I'm working, or it's not working for me, and I need to work. Which is it, Damo? Hey, when when I took the buyout from the Inquirer, my, my plan was to relax and and finish a book on Sam Mills and do nothing else, and that hasn't worked. <laughs> I started getting some. Well, so I started getting some uh, some offers, some feelers to do some work, and you know I've enjoyed you know working for the thirty third team, and I'm like on three years with them. Uh, you know I do a Monday night radio show with uh, with Paul Jolowitz. Uh, yeah. You know that's that's been fun, and and this podcast is challenging because it's not you know it's, you know I'm not used to talking, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of a work in progress, but it's 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 kind of cool to try it, you know. Yeah, doing a great job, Dom. You're broadening your horizons, man. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I was going to use an old dog new tricks line, but never mind, Dama. We'll we'll we'll, we'll keep moving here. Um, all right. So so yeah. looking ahead at this thing a little bit here. Old, uh, uh, Daily News Live shows when uh, which when I was <laughs> home. I I seem to remember those a little bit. Yes. Um. So, Damo, looking ahead at this thing a little bit as we were inching, we're actually, thank God, we're talking about a real game here. Uh, but, but Derek and I, a little bit earlier, were talking about that Patriots team. Um, you know, as disappointing as last year kind of was for him, and it was, no doubt, but this is still a really stout defensive team. And you get Belichick this amount of time to prep. And we'll see offensively what Bill O'Brien's able to do here. But what, what do you think about this Patriots team? Well, I mean, Bill O'Brien was the biggest addition they made. I mean, yeah, they were a, they were a joke last year with Matt Patricia running the offense. I, I don't know what that was about. I think it was kind of like Andy Reid's uh, Juan Castillo moment. Hail Mary in charge yeah. of defense. Uh, you know, Bill O'Brien's good. I mean, he had his problems down in Houston, which mainly had to do with him being the GM. But as a coach, as an offensive mind, He's solid. I think he'll get the most out of Mac Jones. You know, the offensive line's not great. Uh, 
the receivers are okay. I mean, adding Juju uh, Smith-Schuster helped. Uh, but, you know, I don't think they're going to – you know, I mean, I'm not a big Mac Jones fan. Uh, you know, I think that defense is – the Eagles defense is going to be all over him on in week one. Uh, but you're right. Their defense is very good, and it's going to challenge uh, Jalen and, and that offense. Although, boy, you know, you look at that offense and you don't think anybody can stop it. But early on, there are going to be some stop and starts, some sputtering. You would think, but uh, yeah, it's not a game I expect them to lose. But you're right; I, I'm, that defense could give the Eagles a little bit of problems. Dallo, when you look at this Eagles defense in particular, and, and it's a very intriguing defensive group, both youth mm-hmm. and experience. But what concerns you more, linebacking or safety? Honestly, Der- uh, Gunner. I mean, I, going in, I would have said linebacker. I, I would have said both. And, you know, and then I, you know, I watched Sidney Jones play this entire preseason, and and you know him and Reed Blankenship, I think are going to be fine at safety. Uh, you know, they added, uh, uh, you know, uh, Zach Cunningham to the linebacker core. You know, I like Christian Ellis. I mean, I I don't see a weakness right now. I mean, if if there's a weakness, it's going to happen when there's injuries. I mean, I'm a little concerned about what might happen at corner if if. You know, I mean, Darius Slay gets hurt. I mean, he's not a kid anymore. I don't expect him to play 17 games. So, you know, they they need to have some depth there. It appears they do, but there's only one way to find out, and that's, to, you know, the real test uh, starting next week. Mm. Damo, go to the uh, go to the other side here. And, and, yeah, you're right. It feels like they are, they are set up and they are deep. Um, do you like the way they went about things with the running backs where it's it's kind of four guys sort of, diverse skill sets. Yes, there's the injury thing with Swift and Penny, but you have guys who can do a lot of different things, maybe similar a little bit to 2017. How do you view the running back setup? Yeah, I like it, Rob. Uh, You know, I like the, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Rashad Penny. Uh, He's an awfully talented guy if he's healthy, but I mean, he's, he's, he's missed like what 30 some games in in the last three years. So you know, with a history like that, you're not expecting him to stay healthy. But if he can, I mean, wow. I mean, he averaged six, I think two years ago, averaged something like 6.5 yards per carry. He's a power back. He, he gives them a better LeGarrette Blunt, which the, that 2017 team had. You know, a guy that could be a first down pounder, a, a short yardage pounder. And that allows them to use uh, – Kenny Gainwell and 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 Swift as receivers, which you know I think I think last year they only, the running backs caught like forty eight balls. Right. Uh, didn't look like Jalen really liked to throw to them much. Be, didn't have to very much because he had those guys on the outside. But you know teams obviously, I mean defensive coordinators have not been asleep this off season. They they've been looking at this team. They've been watching endless film, especially the division teams of the Eagles, trying to figure out. How do you stop this offense? What's the best way to slow them down? You know, I think they're going to, you know, their main focus is going to be, you know, A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith on the outside. And the way you counter that is the way they can. I mean, Swift and Gainwell might be the best set of pass catching backs on the Mm -hmm. same team in the league right now. And I think they're going to use them this year. I think I think those two guys are going to catch 100 balls this year. Mm. Delmo, when you look at I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Long story short, I like their running back situation, and I haven't even mentioned Boston Scott, who's there when the Giants you know, come to town. Now, <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the receiving core, um, beyond the obvious, I would say obvious too. I mean, we know Quez Watkins is going to be the third, but I don't think he's a lock. How do you see the receiving core shaping out? Because I thought Greg Ward, this would be the year he could make it as that fifth receiver. They cut him, hope to bring him back in the practice squad again. He gets no respect at all, Gunner. No. I mean, I, I've liked I've liked Greg Ward since the day he, you know, I, I first saw him uh, at, at his first training camp with the Eagles, and every year it's the same thing. You know, he saved their season that one year. Um, you know, I still think he can play in this league. And I don't you – know, I'm not sure that he's he's going to make it to their practice squad because I, I think somebody's going to claim him this time around if they if they paid any attention uh, to preseason and practice film. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, they're a little thin there, I, you know, because I don't know what Quez is going to give them this year. You know, uh, Zacchaeus was productive last year with Atlanta. So you're thinking, you know, they'll find a way to, to, to maximize him. But, you know, I also think that they're probably keeping their eye open at the, you know, at the waiver wire here and, and possible trades. Damo, Mariota angst, justified or over the top in your estimation? Over the top, Rob. Uh, okay. I mean, he's, the guy's got a resume with 74 NFL starts. They haven't all been classics, but they've been good enough. Uh, you know, he's shown me enough. I like his skill set. That he, the fact that he can run. You know, the first the first preseason game he played in, he had three nice runs. Uh, you know, I, I looked at him. You know, the awful passes he threw in the second preseason game, and kind of just chalked it up to bad mechanics and footwork, which I figured they can straighten out. Um, you know, I know he didn't want to be here from the standpoint of it. It wasn't his first choice. He made that clear. If anybody's watched quarterback, the the Netflix series, yep. when he said he was kind of hoping to get, you know, go to a West Coast team a little closer to home, that, that didn't happen. But, I mean, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to be here or is, isn't happy being the backup. So, no, I, I thought it was over the top. I, I'm happy with him as the second uh, quarterback. You look around at what's happening. Look at Arizona. I mean, geez. Oh. Uh, you know, they just, you know, they're a mess. Like, Donald, they, they look like they're setting up for a tank to grab a quarterback, yet Kyler Murray's got three years guaranteed at massive money. What are they, you know, it's like, what's the point? I, I think, you know, they, they like Dobbs more than anybody else because a couple of their coaches coached him and, and feel he can get them through four games till they get to Kyler Murray. But that's not such a great thing either you know i mean getting to kyler murray i mean from what we've seen to kyler murray the last couple of years so yeah they're just they're just a wreck you know i mean their gm and coach supposedly are, are better than what they've had certainly i mean we know the the coach um we'll see i you know i i think this is going to be just uh you know they're going to be a, a four and 13 team this year probably Domo, back back in the nfc east I don't know how closely you 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 tune into what's going on down in Washington, but I, I, I saw a quote from Ron Rivera yesterday, the day before, where he said, "You know, and I know this this Sam Howell was this good. I would have started him a lot sooner than than last year. I didn't know he had this kind of talent. So you got an unknown quarterback there with Eric Bieniemy. They've got talent everywhere else. What do you make of this Washington team? 
I don't know, Derek. Uh, I'm, I'm not real hopeful that, that to make it, you know, I mean, I think that, and, and Ron's playing, he doesn't know how long he's got. Uh, I don't know what Josh Harris has in mind. Is he looking at Ron and saying, yeah, I got to get myself a new coach next year. Uh, or is he saying, you know, I'm going to give this guy a chance. Uh, you know, his history in other sports has kind of indicated that he's, he'll be willing to give him a chance. But I just don't know that they, you know, they have a, a pretty good defense. But I'm, you know, I've Sam Sam Howell's. I'm not going to say he's not very good because, you know, I mean, I want to see him play first. I mean, he was a good college quarterback. Uh, if, you know, I think the enemy will, will get the most out of him. They've got some good running backs, but you know, they're the fourth best team in this division. So I mean, what's that worth? Seven and ten, six and eleven. Yeah, it's a good point. All right, let's stay in the division for a minute. The the Trey Lance trade with Dallas. <laughs> Not only does Jerry make the trade, Damo, he also mentions that, you know, hey, if, if Jalen Hurts was still there when we were picking in 2020, we would have grabbed him too. I'm Dak Prescott. I'm like, man, it, it's coming over both shoulders here at me. And on top of that, Damo, he doesn't have guaranteed money beyond this year. Is this yeah. just a big setup for you, you better deliver here or else you're bye-bye? Well – they can't, you know, anything's possible with Jerry, but geez, I mean, you'd have to be, you know, what have they seen? I mean, Trey Lance, when San Francisco gives up on them that quickly, uh, what's that say? You know, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is no dummy. I mean, he's, you know, him and John Lynch are pretty smart. Uh, you know, so I don't know what Jerry's trying to do here. Maybe he thinks he wants to be, you know, have some insurance. Maybe he's looking at Trey Lance and saying, well, look, you know, nobody, nobody thought Jalen Hurts was going to be a, you know, a superstar uh, when he was drafted in the second round. Maybe that's Trey Lance. This, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, you're right. I don't think it helps Dak's uh, mental confidence. You could kind of look at it the way a lot of people looked at uh, what Carson Wentz was feeling when, when, when Jalen was drafted. Uh, I don't think it'll bother Dak. I mean, Dak knows what he has to get better at. He's got a good offensive line in front of him. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen there, uh, you know, in the next few years. I, I think Dak will be fine this year. I don't think uh, Trey Lance is going to be a – you know, I mean, my, my guess is unless Dak gets hurt, you know, uh, Trey Lance never leaves the bench. Mm -hmm. All right, let, let's go up the turnpike to the Giants now. Year two of Brian Dable. Um Rob and I have been debating this, this summer, and I want to get your perspective on this. The Giants' schedule this year is a lot tougher. Um, we saw what Debo was able to do with Daniel Jones last year. Made him a much better quarterback in a lot of different ways last year. Um, you look at the free agents they, they've brought in, except they just picked up Isaiah Simmons recently. Do you think the Giants record-wise will be better or worse in 23? Boy, I'd say about the same, Gunner, uh, because of the more difficult schedule that's probably going to offset some of the improvement they've made as a team. But I do like the fact that they've they've really added uh, receivers for Daniel Jones, uh, you know, including the tight end. Uh, you know, I watched one of their games this preseason where, you know, Waller was just, you know, you could see what – if he can stay healthy, he can be what he, what he was for two years – uh, with the Raiders, and that's a good thing for you know to, for a quarterback like Daniel Jones to have. You know, I think it's all going to 
be about injuries there. I mean, uh, Barkley's got to stay healthy. Their offensive line doesn't have much depth, so uh, they can't afford any injuries there. Uh, so, but the offset, I think the, the more difficult schedule is probably going to offset the improvement in that team. And, and, and they'll probably end up being, you know, the same record. Mm. Damo, look at the defensive side for the Eagles. Desai new, new linebacker, secondary coach, uh, you know, some new faces, some inexperience in places. And you mentioned Sidney Brown and, 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 you know, what that looked like with Blankenship, but are you expecting a bit of a learning curve here defensively where the offense is way ahead of them early, or do you think, you know, that's something that, that maybe we're making a little bit too much out of on that side of the ball? Well, there'll be a little bit of a learning curve, Rob, I think. Uh, curve. Um, you know, I think, you know, Desai has, Desai has the same at, uh, approach as far as not giving up the big play as Gannon did. Uh, and I think that's going to be even more important early on because there are going to be some mistakes, uh, you know, some uh, so as long as they don't give up the big play, I think they'll be fine. It's, you know, it all comes down to that pass rush, uh, just like last year. Will they have 70 sacks this year? Probably not. I don't think that's possible, but they'll be in the neighborhood. I mean, they'll be in the 60 range, uh, assuming everybody stays healthy. Uh, you know, they, they've just got, you know, they've got, they've got at least a minimum of four, probably five uh, guys. They can rotate on the outside, depending on what they do with Barnett. Um and inside, you know, I mean, adding Jalen Jalen Carter to to, to Fletch and uh, Jordan Davis and, and Milton Williams, I mean, it's it's a deep group that I think is just going to be pretty relentless as far as going after quarterbacks. They're not going to blitz a lot, and I I, I always miss forget about uh, Reddick because he you know he right. technically lines up at linebacker, but you know, assuming he you know that thumb's fine, uh, you know, I expect another big season out of him, so. Yeah, it's, that's what it's going to all be all about for that team, just like it was last year. And there's no indication that it's going to slow down. You know, uh, Desai doesn't blitz much like Gannon, but he does. He lines his people up a little bit more differently so that he disguises things. Same with his, you know, he's he's not as predictable. Uh, so that'll help. I mean, I, I think they'll be fine. I like Desai. I like both of their coordinators. I I've said this several times in the preseason and even the offseason. I mean, I think both of them are one and done. I mean, I think both of them are going to be head coaches in this league next year if you if you take the scenario that this is going to be a Super Bowl team. Delmo, hmm. going back to the running backs for a moment, will any one individual, when you look at the depth of that running back, will any one of them come close to rushing 4,000 yards? I think – I mean, I think Penny can – uh, it's all a matter of health, Gunner. I mean, if he stays healthy, I think he definitely will be it because I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries. I mean, I, I see Swift and, and Gainwell being more uh, third down, second and long backs, you know, guys they can use as receivers. Um, so I would say that if Penny stays healthy, he's got the best chance of being a 1,000-yard rusher on that team. Mm. I, you know, Dom, I look at it. There's a couple different spots that you worry about a little bit for sure, but I don't see a whole lot offensively. I mean, when we start digging into like backup tight end and third wide receiver and the guard spot, which I think is just going to be fine. I mean, th this should be again, a top three offense on, on every level. I mean, you've covered a lot of quarterbacks in your day. Have you seen a guy this young act the way Jalen hurts acts and, and be as focused as he is? No, I mean, 
I gotta admit, I mean, I I, I saw a lot of Jalen in college because my wife uh, is an Oklahoma grad, and we watched a lot of Oklahoma games that last his last year. And when everybody was condemning Howie for picking him in the second round, I liked it because I thought at yeah. the very least they were getting themselves a, a good sec, you know, a good backup quarterback if 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 Wentz played the way he was playing before he collapsed. Um, but you know, I and and then this, you saw that first season when they put him in for those last four games, and you saw people like Jason Kelsey and the rest of these veterans just immediately believe in this guy. You knew the kind of leader he was, and then you know. Since then, the focus, the the never satisfied attitude, the you know, standing on the sidelines last during the Super Bowl with all that ticker tape going on. You know, he's standing there trying to absorb the moment as far as how disappointed he was then and how determined he wanted to be to never let it happen again, where it's somebody else's tick, somebody else's confetti is is raining down. I mean, he's, you know, I, I think this guy, he hadn't hit the ceiling yet. I mean, I think he's, he's still got a lot of growth, um, a lot of improvement. I think this year we're going to see his completion percentage go up even more. I think he's going to be a better red zone uh, quarterback than he's been. Uh, You know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, last year he ran 165 times, which was the most of any quarterback in the league. Uh, but a lot of those were, were, were sneaks or kneel downs, so that's going to go down. But are they going to use him any less? Uh, that's what we'll see. Uh, I mean, it's such an important part of his game that you don't want to dissuade it, but you also don't want him to be playing with a, a bum shoulder or a bad leg uh, late in the game, late in the pl- uh, season and playoffs when, when it counts. So it'll be interesting to see. But, I mean, I, I think we're you know the kid is just – I mean, he's the most fascinating quarterback I've ever – seen covered uh what he can do his mentality it's just amazing hey delmo whether it's a player from last year's super bowl team or a newcomer rookie or veteran alike give me one player that you're going to really hone in on this year you're really intrigued to seeing on this eagles roster to see how their season transitions probably sydney jones gunner uh sydney brown you mean sydney brown yeah. Sydney Brown. I call him Jones one more time. Smack me. <laughs> I mean, I just love this kid. I, you know, to watch him fly around. I mean, you know, you you've heard it. Every broadcaster compare him to at least style wise to Troy Polamalu, but that's what yeah. you see. I mean, uh, he's going to make his share of mistakes, uh, but I think you know, I think he's going to be a terrific player, and uh, we're going to be talking about him all year. And I'm you know, every Sunday, he's a guy that I'm going to be watching. Damo, listen, man, we appreciate it, uh, and we we love having you on the show, and best of luck where you're talking a lot more on the A2D show. What, what, what is the name of your uh, the, the program, Damo, for folks who want to check it out? It's uh, Bird's Report. That's the only name apparently I could come up with that wasn't taken. There you go. There you go, Bird's Report. All right, Damo. You guys wait for a call because I'll be asking you to be on. So We're ready, ready, willing, and able. Yes. And, and what about what what about what about this book you're talking about? How what stage are you with the book? About half. I mean, I got most of the research and interviews done, Gunner. It's a matter of writing it. Uh, I just haven't done anything on it since probably the last ten months. Uh, so I just it's I just need to like you know it probably I probably won't get to it in earnest until after the season, and then hopefully I'll finish it in a, you know in a matter of months after that. 
Nice. And, and, right. and what, what you said, Sam Mills, why did you pick Sam Mills of all? Well, I mean, I think he's just a terrific story, Gunner. I covered him back in when he started with the Philadelphia Stars in 83. Uh, I mean, he's a guy nobody gave a chance to uh, at any level. Canadian Football League uh, flunked him. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, he didn't make their camp. You know, I guess if not for the USFL, he doesn't, he's out, you know, he, he becomes a, a, a shop teacher. Uh, and you know, he, he just ran with that chance and, and, you know, ends up in the hall of fame. So, I mean, his motto was, you know, give me a chance to fail. And he, you know, he, they gave him a chance and he didn't fail. And I, you know, I just always wanted to write that book. Finally uh, started it, got a chance, did like about 70 interviews. And then I took the buyout and all of a sudden I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what a big proponent you are of his for the Hall of Fame, too. You you fought you fought hard. Yeah, yeah he belonged in a lot, lot sooner than he got in. But I'm glad I was able to help uh, get him in because he belongs there. Absolutely. Domo, good stuff, man. Thanks. Thank for a couple you, Appreciate yeah. it. You bet, guys. Take care. All right. Take care. It's Paul Domowich. All right, Gunnar. So a couple things uh, NFL-wise. Uh, DeMar Hamlin makes, makes the bills team. There was yep. a question, you know, obviously I not look not to be cynical. I, I don't know that it was going to happen from a T uh, a PR standpoint that he wasn't going to make the team, but nonetheless, I mean, he had to show them enough that he was there or else they would have put him on a pup list or, or, or something else. You know what I'm saying? So that's a good sign for him that he's at least physically close to where he needs to be. Rob, I, I, Rob, I'm thinking the same thing when I saw that, um, I wonder how much had to be weighed behind closed doors in Buffalo. We can't make this look like um, just a sentimental decision. It has to be strictly a business decision. But with that business decision comes the prospects of could could something happen again? Yeah. You know, and that's a tough situation for Buffalo to be in. But obviously, Sean McDermott is not just going to keep him on the team for sentimental values. So obviously he's passed every test that they could possibly, you know, he's been medically checked over and over and over again. And then he had to get out there and physically do it. Right. So obviously he's cleared every hurdle that you could possibly clear, but he's definitely a player that everybody in the country that watches football is going to be watching for. If you get a chance to see the Buffalo bills, they're going to be watching to see how he does. Is he on the field? How are things going? So on and so forth. Yeah, no question. A close eye on the, on the bills. That's for sure. <laughs> on a lot of levels. So uh, Eagles wise, what we know thus far is Sippos out, which Derek Gunn was the first to report uh, right here on, on sports take. Uh, we know Britton Covey. We know Devin Allen. We know Greg Ward, uh, Julian Good Jones, Josiah Scott, and Brady Russell. That's what we have thus far. They have to make and the And Gata has been cut also. And Joseph and Gata, the, the receiver, yeah. I would think – I mean, he's, he's – He's another one that could very well be back on the practice squad if nobody grabs him. I 100%. He, he, he just screams of a guy you're going to try and get back yes. here, which you may be able to – to get him back, with, back without anybody grabbing him up, although there is some good size there, you know, for sure uh, with him. So uh, that one is going to be one to keep your eye on. The the cuts that we know of uh, already or like they, they came down the last couple of days um, from an Eagle standpoint, real quick, offensive line, Cameron Tom, Dennis Kelly, Brent, Brett Toth, Josh Andrews, Tyrese Robinson, Roderick Johnson to the IR, Deion, these are receivers now, Deion Kane, Johnny King, Jaden Hazelwood, Freddie Swain, tight end, Dan Arnold, Tyree Jackson, quarterback Ian Book, running back Kennedy Brooks, 
D-tackle Marvin Wilson, Caleb Sanders, Olivier Sagapalo, Robert Cooper, linebackers Quentin Bell, Tyreek Maddox, Williams. Now, we haven't heard anything yet, Derek, uh, on Trey Sermon. We've seen teams make moves. We've seen trades happen thus far. It's usually a day um, where Howie Roseman is active uh, on that level, bringing somebody in. There is still time, obviously, and you're still awaiting over the next hour and a half which guys get released that you might have interest in. In other yeah, words, exactly. a, a punt returner, uh, a punter, a kick returner maybe, you know, some depth at certain positions. You're still just sitting there waiting because some teams have, you know, an embarrassment of wealth is it's uh, wealth at some uh, spots. Speaking, speaking, yeah, speaking of looking at uh, somebody of interest, the Dolphins cut Chosen Anderson. Would you, yes. would you take a look at him if you were the Eagles? Yeah, the, he only, he's just a bit of a knucklehead. Uh, yeah, I do. He's got wonder, ability. He's got ability. I mean, he could still run, right? I mean, there's no question about that. It was not all that long ago he was over a thousand yards receiving. So uh, there's a, yeah. If you if you're looking to change, um, you know, switch out of Quez Watkins for a more experienced guy who has a similar skill set. That might be something you want to look at. Yes, Chuck, we we did mention Sipos getting uh, getting cut and D Gun. Uh, did have it. He had it first. So uh, we will continue to dig yeah. into that. Yeah. One other note, Rob. Um, I don't. I don't get this. I don't understand it. But uh, people who want the Eagles to look at Ariza, they are now going to bring Ariza in here. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, like I said to you before, if this was just an Eagles thing, I'd say, "Come on, guys, what are you doing here?" But since nobody's doing it, that I want. I think there's something going on here. There really is. There's something going on that I that I am concerned about. I asked a question. No, we are not bringing him in. Seriously, can you tell me why all 32 teams have not approached him? Not sure. He was cleared of everything. That's Weird. what we've said. You Does know, he not interview well? I, I don't know. When he was know. in the league, when he was with Buffalo, all we heard about was this dude with this booming leg, who was booming kicks. He's been cleared of everything. Yeah. Why is he not with the team? Obviously, I know fans want him here, but why is he not with the team? Well, like a, a civil suit that's pending is not enough to keep somebody out. No, there are, there are other no. athletes and other NFL players who have had civil suits against them, and they have. Pl- I think there's still one against Deshaun Watson, frankly. So, I mean, it's not like that shouldn't be the thing that's stopping this. If that's what it is, I, I don't know. I, I really, I don't have an answer. So Deshaun Watson still has civil suits out there, but he's getting $231 million guaranteed. Sipos is a punter. What would he cost somebody at the very most? Even in a bidding war, the very very most he might cost three or four million. Yeah. For one year. We'll get we'll, we'll sign you in a one year trial, see how things go. I know. I know. Um, I, it's very strange. The whole thing is strange. All right, let's come back, Derek. Uh, we'll continue to update you on the Eagles, other NFL news. Uh, weird happening last night in Colorado uh, with the Braves game with Ronald Acuna Jr. in right field. We'll dig into that a little bit more. And uh, a couple other odds and ends that we're going to hit before we get into birthdays and movies and all that good stuff. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take and Jacob Sports YouTube channel right back. Don't go anywhere.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore Have a ball once more Here, imaginations run wild And time stands still Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore All on one five-mile island So leave the old you behind And get lost in the woods at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Yes, we are. We're hanging out with you on this Tuesday. We appreciate you guys uh, spending some time with us. If you could hit the like button, that would be great. Uh, he's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. Uh, Raiders have released uh, wide receiver Keelan Cole and Philip Dorsett. Uh, they're hoping to get both guys back on the practice squad. Uh, Browns have set their initial 53-man roster. Among those cut, Kellen Mond, uh, Demetric Felton, uh, Tristan Hill, Maurice Hurst, and John Kelly Jr. running back. Again, nothing, no mind-boggling names thus far. It's just, you know, there's kind of the usual suspects uh, being moved on from, from a lot of these teams. All right, Derek, did you see uh, uh, last night the, uh, the video of the fans who ran out into right field with Ronald yeah. Jr. there? Yeah. He ended up having another monster game, but I, and I know it turned out to be nothing. The guys were just looking for a little love, like kind of hugging them and, you know, Hey, you're great. And all that trying to high five, you know, whatever. But like, how did how do those guys get out there? Like I, I, I not, frankly, I'm surprised we don't see more of this. I'm glad we don't, but I'm surprised we don't with the way things are in this day and age. Yeah. You look at the angles in which they came from. Um, I, I believe one was along the first baseline 
you know, they only have the mesh netting up so far. So right. it's, it's kind of easy for people to jump over the rail. But most stadiums have more security along the rails. You know, I guess depending on which stadium you're in, you usually have, you know, three, four guys along the rails. I don't yeah. know how a guy just gets over and just takes off like that. You know, initially you see that. I mean, the first thing you're thinking is some deranged idiot wants to take a swing at a player like Acuna, who, by the way, what stole his 60th base of the season. What last, a season. But you know, what a season. Yeah. My goodness. And he, he didn't even get to play. He, he didn't even get to play last year in the playoffs. I believe right. he was injured. Right. What a season he is having now. But I thought he handled it the best he could. He stood there and kind of embraced one of the, one of the guys. wasn't like he was trying to wrestle him to a ground or anything. Yeah. And then another one came up to him, and I think he fell back and just lay there like, you know, he wasn't tackled. But he handled that situation the best he could. But not one, but two people come running out of the stands for something like this. I mean, you know, here's here's what I here's the way I feel about it. I don't care what sport it is. And too many people, too many stadiums take this approach. They'll ban somebody just for that season. If you do that, you're banned for life. Yes. You're banned for life. You're not, if you're going to interfere with professionals doing their work in the, in the day and age we live in, where everything is looked at a potentially dangerous situation, if you do something like that, even if you did it on a dare, buddy, I don't care what it is, you're banned for life from a stadium. I agree. Never should you be able to step foot again in, in any sport, really, but especially that stadium. I, I would agree with you. 100%, Derek Gunn. All right, Trey Sermon being released, according to to uh, Ian Rappaport. Yeah, well. And I think they'll try and get him back on the practice squad. I think somebody grabs him. I think somebody's going to grab him up. I, I do, too. Uh, there are too many teams out there that need, you know, second or third running backs. And he could be a, a really good second or third running back for somebody. Who knows, depending on the team. He might be a he might be a first running back. I'm trying to think of what team doesn't have a standout running back on their roster right now. Well, if the Colts situation, like if they end up trading Jonathan Taylor, he makes sense yeah. to me in, in Indianapolis, especially with the with the Steichen connection. Oh, no question about it. You know, yeah. and I'm sure Steichen is looking at this. If I if I'm Steichen, I'm on the phone right now. You cut there, you're added here. Get on get on the plane. Yep. We'll get you on the plane. You're here today, not yep. tomorrow, today. Even Back even if Taylor stays, like I, I want him there because I don't know I'm if Taylor's going to be hold up, be able to hold up physically. What's his name? Deion Jackson broke his arm. You know what I mean? Yeah, nothing there in house beyond Taylor is really just like over overwhelms you with a wild wow factor. Yeah. And, and Trey Sermon, oh, you know, it's funny. You know, there are a lot of good players across the league that just need a chance, man. They just keep bouncing around. They just can't find that niche because they're always considered a, a second or third option everywhere they go to. But in this case. He could get some significant run in Indianapolis. Oh, listen, without question. I I, I think look, I'd have to really dig in to all the uh all the rosters and who needs what and this and that, but it makes perfect sense as far as I'm concerned, uh, for him to end up in a place like that. I, Kennedy Brooks was also cut. So you mentioned this a little bit earlier. The running back thing is gonna play out exactly the way it looked. You, you know, yeah. you're gonna go depending on what order you want to, you want to throw these guys in there. But with the two new faces, you go DeAndre Swift and you go Penny, then you go Gainwell, then you go Scott. You're not going to have more than four on the roster. You're just not. And Scott can return kicks for you. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's a significant reason why Scott is still on this roster. You know, I'm still baffled why he decided to come back here for 2 million. Now he could have gone somewhere else, maybe got a little bit more, not much more. But he could have gone to a place where he could have got more opportunities, but he decided to stay here for whatever reason. 
And his value is not only is he a running back, he can catch it out of the backfield, and he can return for you. And let's face it, when he's back there in the return game, he can do some damage. Yeah. Uh, so the a couple other uh, big NFL things, uh, Von Miller to the pup list, which means he misses the four, first four games. We know that yesterday, Kyler Murray uh, to the pup list as well. Um, so neither one of those two guys are going to start the season. The starting quarterback for the Cardinals is going to be Josh Dobbs, who comes over in that trade from Cleveland because uh, Arizona also cut Colt McCoy. And they let in the offseason uh, Trace McSorley walk. He ended up with the Patriots and got cut from the Patriots. So, uh, you know, that's just some of the movement that we're hearing. We got about an hour and 15 minutes left um, to see what ends up happening here uh, from an Eagles and an NFL uh, standpoint as far as what guys get cut, what guys don't. Uh, we're nine days away from the, uh, from the first game of the season, which is the Lions and the Chiefs on a Thursday night. All right, let, let's do some birthdays. We'll do some birthdays. You know what? Initially, uh, Giants, Giants, our friend Bob Brookover, Giants have uh, cut Cole Beasley, mm. but they're going to keep him around initially, I guess, on the practice squad. Um, I think Cole Beasley is still one of the shiftiest slot receivers out there. Mm. And he's going to be interesting in a Giants offense um, if nobody else decides to pick him up. But uh, I've always been a big Cole Beasley fan, a little guy who's like a gnat. It's like trying to swat a gnat out of the air. Yeah. Nice older player yet, but he still is a shifty type receiver. Uh, so I'm a little surprised that the Giants just just uh, Brian Dabo cut him. Um, and, and unless they, it's some kind of roster maneuvering, and they're saying to him, "Just hold tight for a second. We're going to do something, and you'll be." Right. I, I don't know because that stuff does take place with with other guys too, not just Cole sure. Beasley. You know, absolutely. Um, so that's yeah, that's something to, to to watch too. Where where if he doesn't end up there, where he. Uh, he ends up. All right, you ready to do some uh, some birthdays? Yeah, let's give her a shot there, buddy. All right. Uh, we'll start with this one, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was born on this day in 1958. He would have been 65 years old. What's your favorite MJ song? Smooth Criminal. That's a great choice. Smooth Criminal is my number one, and my second one is not a big fan favorite, but it became my second favorite because if you look at the, the video of this song, and what the song meant to him and the message he wanted to get out there. It's called the earth song. Okay. When he talks about how we're destroying this planet, if you get a chance, look at the video. I don't know who did this video, but it costs well over a million dollars to put together a uh, phenomenal video and in a passion and a heart. He sings this song. Um, Elevated is my number two favorite Michael Jackson song. All right. Interesting. That's a good one. I would go. Um... Hmm. I probably got, you know what song I like beat. It's pretty close. I want to be starting something. And yep. I would, I, I think dirty Diana is a little underrated. That's a, that's a good one as well. So I love I, dirty Diana. That's yeah. in my top five. The, the, yeah. the guitar riffs. Yes. The guitar riffs in that song are incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. MJ would have been 65. Uh, uh, singer Liam Payne from one direction uh, is 30 today. Carla Gugino uh, actress yeah. is 52 today. The director Richard Attenborough was born on this day in 1923. You know what? Leah Michelle, called? actress, you know what, 37. Uh, huh? You know what? Uh, Richard Attenborough's claim to fame is what? Don't you? Um, you know he won he won two Academy Awards as a director for the movie Gandhi. Okay. Yep. But you know what his claim claim the real claim to fame is? No. He's, he's John Hammond in the original Jurassic Park. He he plays that role. That's, yeah, he plays John Hammond. Oh, I didn't know he acted too. 
Yeah, he's the actor also. You know, oh. when he walked, when the, when the Jeep rolls up uh, yeah. and he says, you know, Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Grant. Oh, well, yes. Jurassic Park. That's a good call, Derek. That's, dude, the first time I ever heard him say those words, I got a chill. I was in a the theater watching that movie. And, when he, and then it goes to the wide shot of all the dinosaurs around that lake there. Yes. But I get chills just watching. I still get chills when I watch that. Yeah, that's another click and stick. Uh, that's a good a good call there. Um, all right, so a couple other uh, other names here. A great actress, Ingrid Bergman. Yes. From back in the day, was born on this day, 1915. Charlie Parker, uh, the great musician, born on this day, 1920. Elliot Gould, the actor, still still doing his thing, 85 years old. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay is 64 uh, today. Uh, uh, yes, still yes, strong. yes, and yes. Still strong. Go back and watch Risky Business, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll. No, no, no. I didn't ask you about the past. I said still strong. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, director Joel Schumacher is 84. <laughs> Uh, James Brady, uh, who unfortunately, uh, was, was a secretary of, uh, I think the press or state, he got shot when they were, they were trying to shoot at Ronald Reagan. He got hit and ended up getting paralyzed. He did a lot for people with disabilities, uh, throughout the rest of his life Did James Brady, uh, Isabel Sanford, who played Wheezy. Woo. Yes, man. She was born in 1917. I find that shocking. I still get, she had the deepest voice of any actress oh. I've ever seen. Oh, she had a deep voice, yeah. But man, did she play that role on the Jeffersons? Oh my! She goodness. was so good. She was so good. Uh, John McCain, uh, you know, uh, obviously congressman, uh, POW, ran for president uh, as well. Uh, he was born on this day in 1926. Chris Sims, everybody's favorite <laughs> <laughs> NFL analyst, <laughs> especially Eagles fans. He's 43 years old today. Robin Leach. Uh, rich oh, and famous. Uh, he was doing cribs before there was cribs. Okay, yeah, exactly. Back in the day, uh, he's he was born in 1941. Bob Beeman, the great high jumper. Oh, incredible man, just incredible. And uh, uh, set the world record in the long jump. In long the jump, I mean, Olympics jump. yeah, in yep. Mexico City, 68. Yep, 68. Yep, he is 77 today. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, Noah Syndergaard was just released, Gunner. He's out of baseball, I think, right now, unless somebody yep. else swooped him up. It's a shame he never came back from that arm injury. No, man. no, he just he just never was the same. Uh, Carl Banks is sixty one today. Carl does also does Giants radio. Uh, my buddy, my buddy Carl Banks. He's good, man. I, I like him. I was watching him. Uh, I guess they let the radio folks do the TV local TV broadcast during the uh, yeah. preseason, and he was good. I, I watched. Uh, it was him and uh, what's his name? Bob Papa, I think, is his name. Um, but they were both very good. Uh, doing the game. I agree. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have birthdays. What else do you have? Uh, Deborah Van Valkenberg, who uh, played Ted Knight's daughter, uh, Jackie Rush on the old sitcom Too Close for Comfort. Oh, she was the brunette. Yep. Yes. Yep. She's 71 now, dude. Wow. Uh, Jennifer Landon, 40 years old, played many years as the world turns. Our old buddy, Rasul Douglas, who is, uh-huh. uh, who's uh, parlayed a nice little career for himself in Green Bay, uh, is 28. And our friend Vaisikahema, 61 today. Oh, Vi's birthday. All right. Yeah. Boy, uh, I'll tell you, man, Vi did it right. He retired and bye-bye. <laughs> got into TV, had a nice career in TV at NBC 10 in Philly. Yeah. Now I don't know what he's doing. I know I thought he was running for some office or something, like mayor or something. 
Uh, oh, really? Are. I don't even know. Like, like I Vi and Beasley Reese, when they retired from TV, it was yeah. like, see ya. Yeah, Beasley is living on his nice ranch that uh, right off a lake in Texas. Uh-huh. You know, every now and then I see him putting out fi- uh, pictures of fish he's catching. I'm like, man, come on, man. You got to invite me down. Come on. I know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Vi's uh, in Arizona, I think, right? Didn't he go back to, to the Arizona? I think he went back to Arizona. Was it Arizona sure. or back to uh, back to uh, Utah? Utah, mate. It was, yeah, one of those. Uh, he and his wife ended up going back, yeah. Uh, we also have uh, Brian Chesky, 42, is the co-founder and CEO of Airbnb. Okay, nice. 42, Donna Washington, uh, the great actress, born on this day in 1924, and former welterweight champion Tim- Timothy Bradley is 40 today. Okay, uh, all right. I'll, I'll be. I'll just disclaimer: the movie stink today. Okay, it stink. Uh, uh, 1997, Full Monty. Uh, 2013, the full, the One Direction movie. I got nothing else. You got anything else? It's even uh, disaster movie was kind of funny. Okay. Uh, 2008. Then you have Brink 1990 and Lawless. Lawless was a decent movie. Came out 2012. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not a ton there. All right. Let me give you the Phillies lineup for tonight. They're facing a lefty gunner, Tyler Anderson. Uh, Schwarber's in left, which means Harper's DHing. So Schwarber leads off in left field. Trey Turner at shortstop. Nick Castellanos in right. Bryce Harper, DH, Alec Bohm as at first base. He hits fifth. Hitting sixth is JT Real Muto and catching. Uh, you have Rudolfo Castro batting seventh, playing second base. He's giving Stott the night off against the lefty. Uh, Edmundo Sosa gets the start at third base. He will bat eighth. Francisco Rojas, uh, or Johan Rojas, uh, gets the start uh, in center field and he will bat ninth. Interesting. It's something to keep your eye on tonight is Michael Lorenzen um, yeah. pitched great in his first outing in Miami, then Ooh. throws a no, no. And then the next two can't get anybody out. So yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what this is going to look like tonight, Derek. I, I don't either. Rob. I mean, I thought we, we both said it when they got him after those first two outings. Oh, this dude is a stud they needed in this rotation. Right. The last two outings, man. Oh my goodness. Who, especially that last one. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to see tonight, Rob. I really don't. But yeah. you got to watch. You got to watch. No, listen, you're going to be locked in, right? I mean, there's no question about that. All right, the Cowboys are sending – how about this? Are sending uh, 2020 first-round pick Noah – here we go. Ig Binojani. Okay. Uh, so the Dolphins are trading their 2020 first-round pick, Noah Ibigajani, uh, to the Cowboys in exchange for cornerback Kelvin Joseph. Uh, Dallas's former second round pick. So a former first rounder for a former second rounder. Interesting. I'll tell you, Dallas is staying active. Well, um, I, I think this is still all a part of Jerry Jones sending direct message to Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. It's now or never. This is the year. Now or yeah. never. We've been playing around too long. I'm 80 years old. I ain't got much time left. You know, I, I need something now. If yeah. not, if not, changes are coming at the end of this year. Yeah, I agree. I, and you're right. He is, you know, I mean, frankly, I'm not trying to be cold here, but he's not a young man anymore. And Jerry no. knows there aren't a ton of years left here, and he wants to win another one. He doesn't want the his legacy to be, yeah, they won three, but they didn't win any of the last 30-some-odd years of his, you know, ownership. That He doesn't want to go out that way. No, no. So you're right. I mean, I think between – 
between the Lance move, this move, I think he's trying to light fires here and get some kind of sense of urgency going. We'll see. You know, I think the problem he has is the coach who's in place. And I just think Dak in a big spot in the playoffs, man. But we'll see. We shall see. All right. I uh, want to thank Tony Shields. Tony, great job producing the program. We appreciate you, Tone. Uh, everybody in the chat section, thank you guys uh, for hanging out with us and everybody streaming, everybody listening. As always, uh, you guys are the best without question. All right, uh, stay tuned. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Derek and I will be rocking and rolling same time tomorrow, and, and we'll have the full roster in place. So we'll know what this thing looks like roster-wise yep. for the Eagles. Also, we'll give you uh, a recap of game two of the Phillies and the angels. All right. Uh, Derek, have a great one, my friend. I will you see do the you. Same, my brother. See you manana. Uh, see all you guys tomorrow. We appreciate it. We are sports take same time, same channel tomorrow. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.